Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk More Movies, the show where we try and talk about movies, but now we talk about anything and everything else. I'm your host, Michael Breslin. To my left is... Uncle. To my right. Calm hand. What up? Does anybody else smell grass? Like as in the contraband? I'm just seeing a bit of fog. <laughs> you mean a big bag of fucking gear you have in your pocket? <laughs> I've never smoked the people, just tell me about it. Like. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> to answer your original question, no. <laughs> Maybe these jeans are probably fucking bogging. I think I've been wearing them for about two weeks. Probably get fucking stone smell on them. Why do you fucking grind them up and fucking put them on? <laughs> <laughs> Set Pink. them on fire, you'd be fucking... Yeah, back here, like, uh, <laughs> be good for a full skinner, like. We get a big tan skinner on a go, shall we? <laughs> I mix it up from two minutes ago and I said never smoked it before. <laughs> All I know is what I saw in the movies. <laughs> They've never said 10 Skinner in a film, have they? They yeah. said the, the camera all carrot. Uh, 12 Skinner, though. Is that a 12 Skinner? It's a 12 Skinner. It's all, uh, uh, I call camera carrot because, uh, what was it? I invented it in camera when it looks like a carrot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a serious, but I killed that 12 Skinner. Like. Uh, I would start a whole party. <laughs> yeah. You just pass that about. It's like a fucking telescope. <laughs> Be like a police baton. Yeah. <laughs> it's extra warm on here too. It is. It's too warm. I'm too warm. Well, too how, warm how can we? How can we release this? A very humid outside, isn't it? It's fucking I'm unbelievable. Have you been sleeping on the nup recently? I have. I always do. Do you? Yeah. Really? Yeah. No jammies. No. Ah. <laughs> Why? It's what weird, isn't it? Just everything sort of hanging there. Playing about, I like the freedom. <laughs> I wonder back in the day when it was people fight <clears throat> for freedom. You need to. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> Do not acquit you sleeping naked. Do you be a freedom fighter, please? <laughs> no, I'm saying it, 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 I, I I enjoy it because of that. Yeah. I wonder if back in the day uh, when there was when it was warm out night uh, warm out and there eh? and it coincided with a, a civil rights march. They say. Fuck me, it's John Humid outside. <laughs> definitely did. Somebody said it. Somebody definitely cracked it. Like. Aye. It's not, it's, you know, there's nothing you on this one, Mike. Do you ever think that, though? one hard way, like. Like, you've just seen, like, fair enough, most people say, like, oh, if you say, like, a really fucking obscure, weird sentence, oh, you know, I could be the only person ever to have said that sentence. Do you ever think that, though? Because I doubt it. I think near enough everything's been said. Uh, no, I've never thought of it. They have that thing in Garden State where... Natalie Portman's character she's all like oh when I feel unoriginal I do something really weird yeah like, she fucks me up uh, that's, that's yeah. the one part I kind of cringe that uh, yeah. it's like oh, oh really how God. you fucking it's they're showing like yeah. it's sort of like predates hipsterism or something like that there 
I don't know. It's just a bit fucking. Nah, just like, yeah, just like, <laughs> here's me, and who's like, my fuck off, Natalie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's your favorite film, but on the Mickey. It is my favorite film. Shit one. <laughs> Get out of that. Get out of that. It was me that brought it up, though. Yeah, I know, I know. Like, it is a nice film, it's just, it's not amazing. Well, no, no, no I really, but, really like it. I just hate that scene. But the, I, I think the, the thing with your favorite films that, that I don't think your favorite film should be like, oh, this is such a perfect film. Your favorite film should be, agree. be something that you love and you can take the hand out of it and you can make fun of the stupid I love things it. about sort it. Sort of own it in a way. Yeah. I think that's a nice thing. Just all, like, connect sure with it. Yeah. More so than... <clears throat> because if you just deny anything that's wrong with a film that you really like... You're like, never going to like it, But it's not really liking the film. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. You're not embracing yeah. it. All, in You're looking at it then. Just a, a sort of... I definitely don't trust people whose favourite film is Shawshank Redemption. Mm. Or Citizen just, Kane. Um, well, you can I'm, understand I'm, Citizen Kane, but I think uh, that... I'm just immediately suspicious of it. How <laughs> about the, the Godfather? Godfather, they can get a fair mm, price. Like, nah, but I have blind choice, so... Aye. Yeah, I mean. It's like people that buy BMW 3 Series, yeah. like that's a person that does not have a fucking opinion. It's like me and a friend of mine, it's, it's pretty harsh assessment, me and a friend of mine always used to say, if somebody's favourite film was Braveheart and their favourite band's Oasis or a boring cunt, yeah, I mean. Uh, you just described my brother. <laughs> <laughs> you nearly described my brother. <laughs> uh, is, is, you know... <laughs> Sorry, brothers everywhere. There. <laughs> <laughs> Just people switch off, like, throw my brave Fuck my brave Fucking like And, um, my brother definitely got taken off on a tangent when I came. Well, Neil Young. He went Neil Young after a while in there. Uh, uh, young Vigo, old. He just, uh, Aragorn. Hein? So, anything, like, I, I would come up, uh, the stairs or whatever, and all, and I'd see a copy of The Road. And Johnny just doesn't really read, like, you know, he reads biographies or he reads yeah. the paper. Yeah. <laughs> and I was seen the road there and I was all, what the fuck? Did you buy it? Like, for me, your phone? He's all, no, I'm fucking reading it. And I was all, are you reading it because Viggo Mortensen's going to be in the film? He's all, was he? And he started reading On the Road as well. He stopped really hated On the Road, though. Is Vigo on that? I, I never watched the film. Vigo plays old bully who's like William Burroughs. Does he? Aye. Mm-hmm. I see. I've never watched it. Did he do it got on bad the road reviews. straight after the road? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> That's All enough. The road came up in conversation the other night because uh, a friend, a mutual friend of ours, was sitting with a fucking Titan hangover, and he asked me for a film recommendation. I gave him a couple of light-hearted ones to kind of ease him through his journey. Okay. And what did he end up watching? Requiem for a Dream. Oh God! <laughs> and I immediately warned him. I says. You're going to regret this after about 15 minutes and not five minutes passed. <laughs> and I had a message going, why have I done this? And I was like, sure, whack on the road and fucking Jacob's Ladder. <laughs> Get a wee happy, happy trilogy going the night sure after. <laughs> fucking old Jacob's Ladder. That's so fucking scary though. It actually is one of the few films I ever think it truly uneased me. Dream on. <laughs> fucking hell, you're all, oh, Jesus, he's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, but he's fucking mental. Come, <laughs> oh, you are fucked, mother. <laughs> Right enough, if you meet someone who's fair following Jacob's letter, maybe yeah. we can settle a friendship. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you don't know where that's going. Yeah. Well, it's definitely interesting, anyway. <laughs> yeah. I know a few people actually that could have Jacob's letter as a fair yeah. It's one of mine. Is it? Aye? Aye, is it up there? Be a, in a, be a, uh, can't speak. It'd be in at least a top 20. 
Potentially top ten. Oh, top ten? Top five? No. Do you need to sit down and think about it, Ryan? Oh. No, I don't. It, it is. Also, <laughs> Mickey asked me because you always say that I never say what film is my favourite. I always flop between three. And usually he says that I always the say what. I, I usually say what? There will be blood taxi driver or the apartment. Hmm. And that, or the Maltese Falcon sometimes. Yeah, that's another one I chuck on there. But he says that you've never asked me. I'll watch a fair film today because it changes daily and it's it's been text driver, so ask me now. Watch your favourite film, Shane? Probably on Maltese Falcon. Not text driver, really. See Maltese Falcon, me. Could be text driver tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll see if the crack is. <laughs> a motherfucker looking, I'm is it, a is this like a whole me? prestige situation where you're actually like three people? <laughs> I wish, hey? Get a lot more on prestige. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Danger Bottle is every week we get a bottle of booze that we drink, that we don't normally drink, but it's a bit different this week because I don't I don't know if you remember, but a few weeks ago, Heron was talking about intermission. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck off. Are you taking a hand? I just says I'm feeling sick as well. So the Danger Bottle this week is... Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> fuck <laughs> off. What's this then? This is a selection of brown sauce cocktails. <laughs> oh, Mickey, you're taking a hand. Are we actually doing this? Like, this right, so <laughs> like, talk about fucking an ambush. <laughs> right, so. A fucking coup. <laughs> well, no, the, the first one, it, it, it isn't alcoholic. It's what we originally talked it about. It's fucking brown sauce. Which is brown sauce tea. So here we go. <laughs> that looks fucking leaping already. Is it warm at least? Uh, it's warm, it's warm. Oh, I didn't even. Do you like this? It's actually going to fucking turn, really. Uh, it's actually going to turn. Keep calm and kill zombies. Even Doc, the thought of this is turning me. It's fucking aluminous, Mickey. <laughs> I know, it, it's mad how it's oh, actually you've got changed. butts at the top of yours. Uh, yours is pretty well settled. I, I don't know if you can see that in the camera. but That's horrendous. Right, you know what? Yeah, We're get, just getting over and done me. This is actually going to turn. I'm going to throw it fucking. On air. Do you want to go get a bucket before? <laughs> well, we got one there. Like, right. I'm not broken. No. Right, yeah. <laughs> There's ice in that bucket. Okay, here let we me, go. Let me smell it first. Just... No, Shan, I'll be worse. <laughs> <laughs> Worst thing is, at least you drink tea so you can even uh, stomach it. I fucking I, hit No, I, I don't like brown sauce, though. Don't act like it's the tea no, fucking turning no, you off, innit? Mom, let's. Right, here. Mom. As a creator on Thrive, one says you're going to fucking chuck, Laurie. <laughs> Oh, the creator of Ontario. What there? Oh. Is this, this is only the first one. Aye. How many more is there after this? Two more. How warm is this tea? I don't like warm stuff. It's just made. Mm, right. <laughs> just drink it. That's not. That's not bad. Huh. Oh Jesus! For, <laughs> for me, not like no. brown sauce. There's like a no, brown sauce Mickey. kind of taste <laughs> of it. Yeah. It's alright. No, I'm like you get the taste after it, lad. Believe me. You're talking like a fucking old man. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was trying. I just I was trying to visualize a bacon sandwich. Because <laughs> you said you're water like a bacon sandwich. I'm not. No offense. I'm not having another drink. I've, I've done my fucking duty. I've, I've done my <sighs> contractual duty. What about you, Aaron? Okay. I thought I was all right. Was like a... <sighs> Have you been testing this during a week to no. get yourself used to it? To get yourself immune? No. No. Oh, no. Right. What's the next one? Moving on. Is it delicious? Oh, no. 
<laughs> them butts, them butts and yours are Eric, fucking that right. Put them over there. That's right. fucking bouncing. Right. So, can these remember when we were talking about this and we actually had a few suggestions? And there's not even alcohol in this for thing. brown sauce cocktails. Then, oh Jesus Christ, he's just answered my question, isn't he? Go on then, reveal your fucking. So the next one is watch our red tea. <laughs> you can have a tookie. The next one is. Brown Russians. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ almighty. <laughs> and so, they, they've actually curdled a bit as well. So you need to shake them up a bit there. There you go. There you go. Stoke, yeah, you know what? You're a sadist. And now you have <laughs> fucking now accepted the fact you're a sadist. Right, so. Right, no, we, we, have to, we have to will ourselves. This is going to be lovely. This mm. so this, this is gonna be class. This, this is one of our favorite way. cocktails. This is a white is. Russian. It's like called Kaluya. People drink vodka, this in Russia. You just have to ice eat. and milk. Even the thought of Kaluya and brown sauce mixing is just just yeah. with a little bit no, of brown sauce. Russian Russians and East London drink us here. I'm gonna smell it this time. Yeah. Right here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honestly, I gotta smell it even before I fucking talk about it. <laughs> oh, Jesus, chef. Right, come on. Come on. That's actually alright, you know. That's alright. It's like a sweet red Russian. It's like a, or not, it's like a sort of a, a sour a, white Russian. A savoury white Russian. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, you get that sweet and then you get that sour off the fucking Aye. brown ding ding. I'm sorry, I don't agree. <laughs> it's, 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 do you even like brown sauce? I don't even I like brown sauce. sauce. I, I love right. brown sauce. Love brown sauce. Like, fucking drink it. Oh, no, you don't. I think you put me off fucking brown sauce for life. It's like, it's like a pickled white Russian. <laughs> oh, stop it. That's exactly okay. what it's like. Mm. It's like you just. Uh, finished pickled fucking monster munch, and you just threw a white Russian down the hatch. <laughs> right, so the last one. That's fucking delish, man. Are you fucking? <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, there's butts in that thing as well. I know. Did you not see it before I shook it up? It's it, the whole thing curdled. It's, oh, you great. just you just had a layer of like brown sauce at the bottom. Oh. You have to shake it up. Right, fuck it. Get the third one out. Let it fuck. Right, so end the torture. <laughs> Right, so the third one is I asked our good friend Matt, who's a cocktail extraordinaire. Yes, indeed. And uh, he, I asked him, did he know any? Did he know any brown sauce cocktails? I he hope said so. He, he only knew one. It's called the HP Lovecraft. <laughs> That's pretty good. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> and so, so then, uh, here I'll show it these first. Oh Jesus! I don't look so. <laughs> the worst thing is that this one I was looking forty, and this is the least appealing looking one. Okay, so that's that. So the ingredients of this is... That looks like watery shit. <laughs> yeah, it does look like shake, shake, shake it up a bit, it might be a bit better. The ingredients of this... It just gives it a, a sheen. ...is uh, bovril. Mm. Oh, brown sauce. Demon tears, which I couldn't procure. <laughs> I don't know if that's an actual thing or it's if he was taking a hand because it's HP Lovecraft. No, uh, and it's tequila as well. Oh Jesus Christ! Where they sell it, right? Here so we it's, oh, it's so warm as well. It's so it's, it's kind of just like alcoholic gravy, really. <laughs> Actually, we sold that pretty well. Doesn't sound too bad when you put it that way. I fucking love gravy, right? See if you can join a bit of beef in this here. <laughs> I can't no, this actually, this actually smells. <laughs> This actually smells the worst all over. <laughs> Fuck me, Mickey. You played up later than I Fuck me. No body, Mickey. This is you at your peak here. Oh, God. That is fucking vile, boys. Oh, it's just tequila. It's fucking tequila. It's yeah. vile in its own, hey? Right. Right, here. Come on. Let's... Can we have a counter song at least? Right. Three, two, two. one, go. 
I'm fine, I'm just crying. <laughs> I'm just crying. I'm just crying, that's alright. I didn't even drink mine. Oh, oh Mickey. I just watched you two cards. No, Mickey, no offence. I know, that, that was the worst. Aye. No. Aye. <laughs> that was bad. Oh, fucking hell. And that's oh. from a cocktail man. He was obviously taking a clean fucking head. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> well, I just he wanted just... the worst shit he put it together. He just wanted to inflict as much pain as possible. See, initially, I just tasted the tequila and I was thinking, oh, yeah, that's all right. But then, fucking spoiled but... pesto from it. Pesto jar and everything. It's one of my favourite things. But then you get you get the meat's oh. flavour and all that and you're just like, no. Oh, Aaron, stop being a dick and just take a drink. No. Uh, no <laughs> No offence, Mickey, but no. no. I can still taste it my lips. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to hold on to this. You want to hold them? No. <laughs> take a ring here. Take him cups of tea as well. Go on. Yeah. Stick a cup of tea up your fucking hole. Oh. Well, that was an experience that I will never repeat. Mickey's one's the best. See, that was my creation. Intermission's one's obviously shy because it's a joke. <laughs> Matt, Matt's one, I don't know. Mickey. Say, new cocktail, brown Russians. It's a thing. Everybody try it. From seeing that, I don't think Matt likes us very much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More likely, I. Matt, Matt pulled out of his hole. Lottery, probably. <laughs> I know, because I did Google HP Lovecraft cocktail, and it doesn't exist. He's <laughs> definitely taking a fucking hand. You got a serious sweat on now, too. <laughs> I know. It was, it was that It was that last one, because it was doing grand, but then I started crying and all. When it You're sweating. Up. I'm crying. Heron's just blood in between. He, he's fine. He didn't drink the last one. I didn't drink the last one. Well, personally, I, w- I wanted to see your reactions, and then when I send you, I definitely don't want to take a last one. Yeah. <laughs> I send that then. Should we move on with the podcast? So what have we watched this week, folks? I'm torn between a few. Uh, we did watch Jurassic Park at the fun club. We did watch Jurassic Park. We certainly did. Really. <laughs> we, d- we, I, I, we did, I. And we I, did watch I, Jurassic Park at the fun club. No, I was, uh, we did. And we uh, had a yabba-dabba good time. We had a yabba did. Right, friend. <laughs> <laughs> certainly did. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, ah, uh, fuck, we're going to Jurassic Park, sure. Yeah, maybe if I think of something better. No, I'm it was but, actually uh, kinda, I don't think there is yeah. It was actually kind of slightly scary because when you said Jurassic Park, I felt a big fucking scratch go in my hand. I thought, oh fuck, he's let out the Velociraptors, but <laughs> the Suki on the table. Here, one thing at the end of Jurassic Park, is that just a fucking bird or is it a pterodactyl? It's a bird. It's a bird. I bird. told you this. <laughs> uh, well, you told me it doesn't mean it's fucking true. <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's old Spielbergo just trying to show the lineage like they are now the only remnants of dinosaurs on the planet. Birds. I see, Heron turned around to are me. Are you sure? Aye, af- birds are. After the fall of fucking crocodiles. No, birds. Aye. No, they say that in the fall <laughs> several times. Wasn't paying attention. All right, all right, mate. <laughs> <laughs> see, I'm a fuck. It's only Jurassic fucking park. Like, no, I'm joking. No, but because Heron Her- Her- turned around to me after the fall of me as well. I so I think. I think those were just like real birds, and then they like digitally like put things on top of them. And I was like, put a wee beak on them. And I was like, to make them look like what, what the fuck, you on about? Like they're just pelicans. I was like, what's a fucking pterodactyl? <laughs> and Mikey's all, no. Yeah. no. As much as Mickey would have loved this, so it's a pterodactyl. It's an old dinosaur. He he didn't let me have it. I think like. I would have made a stronger picture to be honest with you. Uh, no, because that. Cause, 
<laughs> rather, <laughs> rather, rather, or Fred Flandy dry land. Rather than it being like a, more, a more nice interesting sequel, like, uh, <laughs> rather than being the kind of nice sweet ending of like Sam Neill staring at the birds. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious too because Sam Neill's smiling a little. I know. Doesn't catch on with pterodactyls. <laughs> He just whips out a gun and starts shooting the pterodactyls. That was hilarious as well because uh, after Jurassic Park finished the other night, Mickey was chatting about that last week shot where he's looking at the birds flying, they smiling and all that crack. But then it was all would have been far better if Sam Neill's face just turned mud smiling. It was all kill all the fucking birds when I get back. Kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> They're all a part of it. <laughs> Dying dinosaurs did had the upper hand, like nah. he did. Like nature did find a way. <laughs> yeah. Too bad the ship of cons wasn't extinct. Uh, <laughs> Poor critters. What, what did you think of the phone? I think it's, I mean, this is where we started the phone club. Um, the sea films, so we can re-examine them because if we never get a chance to see them on the big screen. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time I've seen that on the big screen with, you know, proper surround. And it was, it's a fucking great film. Like, really nice. it really yeah, is. Like, even the start, there's like, there's, I love the Indiana Jonesy kind of elements of it, you know, when they're when they're bringing the container at the start, it's really mysterious and all, and it's, you mm. know, it's like the arc and stuff, and Indiana Jones, yep. and it, it's really, it's it's set up, you know, the storytelling on it is very much like Indiana Jones. Yeah. I think, and the, the way it's paced and all, and uh, just some, some of the fucking shots. I mean, it, it looks great. You know, I, I think the first dinosaur, what do you call the, the, the fucking vegetarian man? Is it the uh, Duplosaurus or something like that? Um, Duplodocus, is it, man? No, it's... The, the one he first oh, sees, like... Aye, the, oh, it's the, a Bronchiosaurus, like, is it? I see there's there's Bronchiosaur, but then there's, like, Apolosaur or something. No, Bronchiosaur was the, the dinosaur writer. I'm sorry, I've shite coming out. <laughs> Watch the documentary, but that Bronchiosaur is the other just... I know, I, I can't even mind. There's, there's a few with really long necks. What's though, the so. vegetarian, man? Like? Yeah, just pre-giraffes, we'll the, call them. The long necks, if you're using Land Before Time. Aye. But uh, I Lingo. thought that they... they for the first shot of dinosaurs, I don't think they were great looking. Because I was wondering, because you, you brought the Blu-ray. Yeah. I was wondering what it was going to look like. But see all the fucking, the T-Rex stuff, it still looks amazing. Like That's how I turned to Mickey yeah. and said, because it's been that long since I watched it. Because it's been that long since I watched it, when the film started and stuff, I kind of turned to Mickey after the first 20 minutes. And I was, wasn't worried, but I was thinking, fuck, how's it going to hold up now? But... It still looks brilliant. Like, fair enough, I'm not sure if they've remastered it, but if, if not, then that's even more impressive because it looks great. Well, I, I would agree with Heron that, that the very first shot of when they first see the dinosaur, you can't you can you can see you can the see lines. The light. Oh, do you mean when Sam Nils walking up towards him in the white? That's uh, the only time that I really noticed that you can kinda see her you can but at the funnel of black line around him, it looks like green you know, green screen, do you know what but I mean? See see all the stuff with the T Rex and all but I think that helps because it's at night as well that it's It's night and it's rain and they but used, as well, they, they use the pneumatic. Aye, they use way more practical stuff aye, aye. with that adding the Velociraptors. But that's that's a mad thing. Like if you look at the air and that was what, ninety three? And Jurassic World came out like last year and some of the stuff in the air looks way more CG uh, and stuff and noticeable uh, than Jurassic Park. Goes back I mean? on that sort of discussion about, well, we had like a long time ago that we kind of came to the conclusion that CGI has its plus points and practical effects has its plus points, but it seems that when they work together, it's like the perfect marriage, really. It makes yeah. it look more believable than just yeah. doing all of one or all of the other. You know what I mean? Uh, I'd be honest, I will say it again, I still, I still think Jurassic World is a better script, though. Uh, you think it's better from a storytelling point from of view? From a storytelling point of view, I, I think the the first one definitely has more, like, wonder in it. Yeah. And it's a bit more, you know, like, uh, there's a bit more mystery in it and stuff like that there and all. And it's, it's the, the, some of the lighting decisions are really brave in it. Like, you know, 
some of the really dark lighting where you just see like a shard of people's face and stuff and all and when the place goes down and all that, something looks fucking class or when yeah. laura dern first runs into the bunker mm. and she's standing at the top of the steps like i love that shot ah uh, it's great looking that is one other thing i don't like about jurassic park though she has a seriously naff run there <laughs> when she's hurt her leg it's bad oh, she has a fucking it's light bad. hanging off her and it's all bad Mickey. <laughs> it's bad she, Aye, well, she hurt her leg fuck away off nobody would run like that though well, how would you run I if you had a fucked up leg but by colouring it she's not trying to be cool she's trying to get away from fucking floss around <laughs> everybody was getting a good old laugh at Jeff Goldblum too like. that was ah uh, yeah, he's class who's this Christmas stop me like I think the biggest Dude. laugh of the night was that Charlie Ham sent me his top off I just, just like, no but I think it's because the, the, the gif or whatever was made of it I was Sam Neill on his I stomach s- uh, did you ever see it I was on his Got his head in the fucking <laughs> triceratops. Triceratops says, you, you certainly know your dinosaurs. I know that one. I don't know the long neck <laughs> But uh no, all around fucking great shows. Classy see it in the big screen, not there. And I was like when you kinda suggested showing him, I guess a bit skeptical because I thought it's one of those films that's sort of constantly on ITV too and like local TV and not not even really so much. Yeah, I suppose maybe around Christmas and stuff. But I just maybe I suppose the sequels are probably showing a bit more on like terrestrial and that. But I was people. thinking, you know, are, are people going to be like sort of sick it? But then when I watched it, like I remember turning to you and saying, like, I, I fucking completely forgot about how good this film was. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, I, I like a warm hug. I, I watch it every couple months when I'm drunk. And then we do, <laughs> One of the very first VHSs I And you had your Jurassic Park t-shirt on too Yeah oh, such, a, such a cutie there's, there's a bit of feminism in there as well Where, where Laura Dern's about to Go and put the power back on And Hammond's all like Oh it really should be me Because I'm, I'm a man and you're a woman she, uh, She's well, all We can talk about uh, women during a Fucking There's that one too Uh what is it? Where the he says, uh, "Man, man creates." What is it? Oh, uh, man! Oh uh, no! Dinosaurs run the earth. Dinosaurs go extinct. Man creates. God creates man. No, I uh, God creates man. Man creates dinosaur. Then everybody dies or something. Everybody dies or something. <laughs> no, no, it's like uh, dinosaur destroys man. Woman inherit the earth. Yeah, it's not really. Oh, she, Laura Dern, man. Aye, she's all dinosaur eat man. Women hurt there, aye, and then she fucks out off out of the car. She fucks out off the car. Your English is top top, but I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I just drank a lot of brown sauce in my life. Jesus, we'll not we'll not talk about it anymore. <laughs> Honestly, he, d- he doesn't even have the courtesy to get fucking HP either. That's what I'm saying. You got daddy's sauce. Daddy's is the number one sauce, it says on it. We said this before the podcast, daddy, but it number one. definitely sounds a lot strange, like, don't it? Mm. For ages, I thought it was HB sauce. HB? So, like, say if I was getting a half bottle or something, I used to call it a fucking bottle of brown sauce. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. And I was like, like bottle of brown sauce and six cans. I might then, use uh, that. I don't get No, it. but I can't. Like, it's not HB. right. That's HB. Half bottle. Ah. Uh, Who buys half bottles anyway? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, half my uh, bottle of brown sauce, but uh, it's HP, so we can't use it, so we have to start calling it a, a wee Halle Berry. <laughs> <laughs> you could say that if you're getting a half pint or something. Uh, you know that, though. <laughs> When's that ever going to happen? Kind of two, two, two half pints. Yeah, so two pint. <laughs> just to say the line as well. <laughs> but, uh, two brown saucers, like, you know, please, Mark. <laughs> I wonder, <laughs> in I mean, one glass 
I wonder if two half pints <laughs> price wise equates to just the price of a pint. No, Probably it's more expensive. Is it? I. Yep. Ah, well, it's always the way. Like a half bottle is more expensive than ten bottles. Uh, certainly. Well, no, you know what I mean. Two half bottles. Supply and demand. I don't even know if that makes sense, but. What did you watch this week, Michael? I watched Ghostbusters. Oh, the new one? Of love. Was it good? Because <laughs> it's been... I, I don't think I've ever seen a film get as much flack before it's even been released. It's alright, Ty. Alright. It's, right. it's been getting really fucking... <laughs> it seems like uh, the reviews of Custard Pie, the fucking Lala Naysayers, because it's been getting pretty fucking solid reviews. A lot of four stars out there, you know what I'm saying? No, I'm fine. Yeah... Hi, the new Ghostbusters, directed by Paul Feig, starring Melissa McCartney, Kristen Wiig, Leslie Jones, and Kate McKinnon. That's what I'm saying. No, I, was I, was re- I, was tra- I was trying to remember all their names. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris Hemsworth is in there. Tell us, is, is it better than The Heat? I've never seen The Heat. I enjoy The Heat. I fucking really don't like it. I, 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 I've, I've seen, not, I've not, seen not Bridesmaids and Spy. We'll let you talk about enjoy those. But yeah, fucking shit. Yeah. yeah, except yeah. Statham. I like Statham. He's freaking that. Uh, anyway. It's very long supposed to get here with the <laughs> Ghostbusters. Uh it's for for me it works as just a flat out comedy film. It's very funny, it's very entertaining. The four main Ghostbusters, they have good chemistry together and they're funny together. And at at the core for what they're trying to make the film to be, it works because it's it's a Paul Feig film. It's not a Ghostbusters film. They're just trying to make a, a flat-out comedy because that's the, that's the things he makes. He makes kind of big blockbuster comedy more so than anything. Yeah. And so all all the... That annoys me sometimes, but I'll, I'll go back there when you're done with your point. Okay. But all, mo- most of the comedy for me worked. There's some stuff that falls flat. Chris Hemsworth plays the stupidest, dumbest fucking brick of a person <laughs> but he's really funny that was, like a, that was sort of like a joke in it that they all he's obviously you know i think because it was on the first one the, the secretary was like really gorgeous but she just had glasses on so she was supposed to be like all oh, right aye. and so that's sort of the joke that it's it's chris hemsworth yeah. but he just has glasses on so it's just sort of like a clutch it's basically like fucking john ham's character on 30 rock yeah yeah kind of like that yeah really. But yeah, so he he's really funny just being the stupidest person in the world. Although I can see how people might think it's a bit overused and gets a bit over the top. Like he, where his character goes in the in the ending of the film, I wasn't really into. But just his interactions with the main group of them, it's funny. With all the gals, with all the gals, and like Chris, Kristen Wiig is like really attractive, and so she she has that whole thing down of like being secretly attractive. Someone really <laughs> well, like making it really funny. That's her niche. Uh, no, no, but like. Because I think she, I've definitely seen her do it in something before. Because the way she was going on, I've definitely seen her do that before. But it was <laughs> really not being like Paul, because she kind of does that in Paul, where she's not secretly attracted, but there's that well, summer intention. There's the hiding of excitement. Remember that character that uh, when she finds out there's having they're having a party, in SNL. And she's no, like, oh my god! <laughs> 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 there it all it just gets worse and worse. And she starts going fucking mad, like. But there's kind of. Uh, Kristen Wiig's fucking class. I think, though, personally for me, even though I haven't seen the film, I think they missed a trick with the casting. And well, she's probably too busy with like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, but not getting Ellie Kemper. She should have been on there. Yeah, just because I absolutely be. love Ellie Kemper. I love Ellie Kemper. She and should she do just more things. She just would have perfectly. I know she was in Bridesmaids as well, so there's there's a lineage there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Melissa McCarthy, 
I have enjoyed her like and stuff like Spy and Bridesmaids and stuff, but like it's been said about her that she's she's playing the same character over and over again, she just really kind of brass, kind of doing her best character impression. I know that a lot of reviewers have sort of pinpointed that so far that she's starting to get a bit tiresome because she's not really no, but challenging in, herself. Fair enough, she's making loads of money and stuff like that. But it seems that even audiences are starting to get a bit tired because even like. That when she came out recently was the boss. I think that completely fucking bombed it. I see that that was her own film as well. She wrote that where her husband and her husband directed it, and the other one they did together, Tammy, they 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 both bombed. Like so, I don't think she'll be making her own films (laughs) anymore. But I mean, she's probably that month that she's got the means at her disposal to do so. Like, but maybe Uh, she'll learn her lesson after two. I watched Identity Thief as well. That was another one. That was Jason Bateman. That was one of directed that. I don't know. It was someone. It wasn't anybody of, of any great consequence. <laughs> Some uh, shit. <laughs> Some shit. <laughs> but uh, no. <laughs> Some fucking ball. Some two-legged shit. No. But uh, what do you call it? Uh, Some dickhead with a microphone. Yeah, so fucking <laughs> <call it> just <laughs> fucking. Hey, I directed it. Is that what you're looking uh, for? Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck. I'm oh, I think away. it was the guy that directed. I think it was the guy that directed Horrible Bosses. Was it Seth Green? Not I Seth Green. Them. Seth. I don't know. If it, anyway, it doesn't matter. What were you saying? I did. I thought that was a perfect example of a fucking studio script where you attach two big actors to it, two big comedy actors, and expect magic to happen, yeah. and it just fucking didn't. And I think that they'd be... so out of whack and balance and everything. Seth Gordon. Seth right. Gordon. Both of them would be, I'd say, big under their improv too. That's sort of in their background. And Aye. I mean, I, I, I personally don't think... I mean, you could even get some of the best improv actors. You, know, you could get like Will Ferrell or, or fucking Bull Hader. And I think it just depends on the day. You can't rely on that. I think you have to have a good solid script already. And then maybe just let them play about with it too to see what you get. Because I, know, cause I, I, I think it's a big risk. I think I brought that up a couple of weeks ago. Like sometimes you get films where you know it's been heavily improvised, but it really works. But then other ones that it just it feels like it's going on too long, and yeah. they've really just haven't thought about what they're actually doing. Like and it's it almost is like, really it's almost up. like they're just leaving the camera run on the actors because they don't have a plan B and they're trying to fill time. Uh, you know what I mean? I think anyway. I think it's dangerous. I don't don't get me wrong. I like improv uh, when it's done well, but I think we said it before on this that uh, even the best improv actors like Will Ferrell. 90% of that time it's shite you know uh, what I mean and only really 10% even with the best is going to be usable there's yeah. no doubt there's stacks of stuff on there they just ramble on and it's oh, not hitting mm. and it'll never make the finished piece just, just, just quickly about uh, Jurassic Park remember I was saying <laughs> saying about the kitchen scene the other night oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> what about the kitchen scene because you were saying like because obviously uh, the, the Velociraptor Velociraptor yes uh, runs under the thing and they fucking they can't get the better one that's knocked out I was saying because there's a big dirty fucking ham cutter oh. <laughs> I was saying there's some weapons in that fucking kitchen you, could, you definitely could have went for it like imagine you got, got the better a fucking velociraptor just got it in a fucking headlock fucking start punching it you know, fucking give me a fuck turn that fucking ham cutter around like fuck hey anybody want to slice a bastard I <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, uh, me and her they were just watching it just going what could you what could you fucking do you just fuck that microwave at him <laughs> just trying to hang all these fucking things there's a big fucking knife shelf over here just kick his head <laughs> but yeah um, yeah Melissa McCarthy in this here she's not playing the same kind of rude brash character she's she's more subdued she 
her and Kristen White kind of play more of the straight person, and then Leslie Jones and Kate McKinnon are more of the comedy people. Do you think that they're trying to... Because, obviously, Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy are really fucking established and have kind of had their time, do you think they're trying to usher them in? Like, I think so, yeah. I think, like? I think I think Paul Feig likes to bring in kind of younger talent and kind of nurture them. And, uh... Not cause, but initially, though, I heard Melissa McCartney was offered the Leslie Jones role, mm. which is more like that uh, character she would normally do, and she specifically stepped away from it. Right. So she is... She is conscious of the fact that she has she, like she is playing the same kind of characters but the character she does play is very bland and not very interesting her and yeah. Kristen Wiig are just kind of oh they're two scientists and you know there's no real depth to them see that's so, weird as well because that, that's maybe going the complete opposite because we're saying oh she should challenge herself and all but then that's it seems kind of foolish too because obviously not only are they the two most established but they're they are really funny women obviously so Given but are they, fun- really, are they funny in it? Like? Given them array yeah, the, characters. The, yeah, they are Seems all they are all funny. They all have their moments like, but I'm I'm just saying those two characters in particular just well, no, Melissa McCarthy in particular, that she specifically took a step back from a character that she might have been able to have more fun with just because she's she's been doing that before. But now she's stepping into a more bland character that she can't do as much with. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just a weird thing, like, is that better? Because it kind of reminded me of Chris Pratt in Jurassic World because he was he, he was trying to hold back from doing the Chris Pratt Chris thing, Pratt. the Star-Lord Star thing. Lord. And he was a bit more serious and stuff like that, even though he still had a bit of that in there as well. Uh, I thought that was for the best, though. I was, uh, I was he, pleasantly he was, he surprised was a, by it. He was a bit of a badass. He wasn't like a fool. He was like uh, a bit of a badass. I kind of saw Jurassic World badass. as well. Badass. <laughs> badass. I kind of saw Jurassic World as well as him kind of sort of auditioning for Andy. You know what I mean? But... He didn't get it, did he? Well, no, well, no. Nobody's yeah, well, got nobody's it. Got it. <laughs> Carson, <laughs> Carson Ford still has it. Aye, but I mean, they should, they've narrowed it down to three now, have they not? No, are you thinking of Han Solo? Oh, fuck, I'm thinking of Han Solo. No, they've, they they've, announced, they've announced young Han Solo. Who is Han Solo now? Alden Ehrenreich. Who the fuck's that? Oh, was that your man from Hail Caesar? Yeah, the oh, cowboy kid. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I actually seen a, a, a trailer for his new film that's coming out. It's fuck. Can you mind the name? Don't give me. He's fucking absolutely. It's a hard use film, but he's not playing hard use. It's. Oh, it's gonna happen. Don't matter. But I seen a trailer with him in it, and he actually looked pretty good. He looked a, like really kind of cool this, and this suave. This is the, the Warren Beatty project. Aye, this, Warren Beatty. This yeah, is yeah, the one that doesn't even have a fucking title yet, and he's been working on it. No, the... I, no. There's trailer. Is there? Is there? Last time I checked, about two months ago, it still didn't even have a fucking title. I know, it has a title. He's been working on this for like six. It's mad as well because he's done nothing in like twenty five years. Yeah. And he's just coming out of the. I'm dying to see it because he has a crack in the. What was the last time he done Bugs or something? I think it might have been like. Might have been like. He's, I mean, because he's well in the seventies, he's pretty much coming out of retirement. It's uh, gonna be fuck. I'm really excited about Lexi. Was Bugsy any good? I remember seeing it when I was younger. Like, don't like Tracy as well, but that was around the same time. Uh, um, anyway, your man, er, how do you how do you say his name again? Alden Ehrenreich, I think. Alden Ehrenreich. He's like he's brilliant in Hail Caesar, and considering like, it's yeah. it, is is it really small? But there was a, like a couple. It's of It's small, but it's very important. Mm. And considering that he's surrounded by like Jesus Christ, all like near of all lead top actors in Hollywood, I think he kind of he, he shines out. I think he, it was the Coen's he's intention the bit too. And the trader, like he can't say the words right then. Aye. Aye, he's a really like wouldn't he can only play a cowboy, but they're trying to put him like this sort of period drama because they're trying to like you know Ray Fiennes has got range and stuff. Saying, what can you mind the sentences? Oh, I can't mind what the word is, but Ray Fiennes is 
unbelievable. He, Ray Fiennes only in about two scenes, and he's <laughs> fucking hilarious. What's like, his here? Uh, Hail Caesar. Caesar. He plays like this really uh, sort of hoi polloi posh British director <laughs> who's fucking who's who's came on to direct this fucking period drama in Hollywood, but he kind of sees Hollywood as being beneath him because he's you know for the stage and he's a thirst, but he's unbelievable. I mean, it, it, it's I think it's worth watching alone for him. Yeah, I can't remember the line though, like because he says it about ten times in a row. It's like would what were one or something. Aye. No, is it not? Would one want? No, no, would one want? I can't even say it. <laughs> <laughs> it really is a, a, a tongue twister. Uh, the fact that he says it ten times in a row, I'll, I'll check it after. Maybe we can chat about it. But uh, go on with Ghostbusters. Uh, yeah, back Ghostbusters. Leslie Jones is is really good at, and but the, my favorite of the four was Kate McKinnon. But I think it's the most divisive, divisive as well. That I've heard some people think saying she's a bit over the top and a bit annoying, and I can completely see why people say it because she is. She's kind of. She's going on, she's nearly kind of going on like she is in a sketch, because obviously she's still on SNL, and so is Leslie Jones. Her name does sound familiar. What has she done for SNL? I don't know. I honestly don't. Or is this maybe her first feature? I'm not sure. Who knows? But I, I, I really liked her. She, She's kind of mad, eccentric kind of character, and she's just she just comes out with mad one-liners and stuff like that era. But I I enjoyed her. I, I really liked her, and I find, I find the way she was on just really funny. Because if you see interviews and stuff where she kind of goes on the same way as well, yeah. so maybe if she if she does that all the time, then it'll get a bit boring of yeah. a kind of shtick. Like, but, great. but I I, re- I really liked her in it, but I completely understand people finding her a bit annoying as well. Any Maria Ackroyd cameos? There are cameos, and did they get that big one? Did they get big bully? Hmm. Did they get Murray? Oh, Murray. Oh, Murray. All right. Or do you want to spoil it? I'm like, well, that's what well, you said. I don't want to spoil well, it. Well, no, this is there after that credits. This, this is this is public knowledge that all the previous Ghostbusters are in it. It was announced before. I, I, I haven't really paid attention because I've not really been excited about it. Like. But yeah, all the previous Ghostbusters are in it. Sigourney Weaver's in it. They couldn't get we call him. Ernie Hudson. Don't no, I'll be missed because he's dead. <laughs> right. What Slamer? part of all the previous Ghostbusters are in it? And Sigourney Weaver. And then I asked, what's the other person in the original Ghostbusters? Hal Ramos. Slimer? <laughs> <laughs> All the original Ghostbusters are in it. <laughs> Sigourney Weaver. But so someone else who's not a Ghostbuster. <laughs> he, he, is, he is the fifth person Sorry, in Ghostbusters. After you name the four Ghostbusters. I have no idea. After, after, right, after you name the four Ghostbusters and Sigourney <laughs> Weaver, right, the sixth person... Who would you oh, say? Oh, fucking... Ah, Jesus Christ, Aye. what's his name? Ah, Jesus Christ, what's his name? I used to call Brenda all the time. What's his fucking name? The big marshmallow thing? No, oh, fucking... Honey, you... <laughs> really? I struck the kids, guy. What the fuck is his oh, name? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, he is... It's he's, actually, he's retired, yeah. Quite a nice story about him, though. He, uh... It's not really nice. <laughs> well, not nice, but it's... It's commendable, I would say. Yeah. It's very noble. Um... He was obviously fucking huge in the early 90s, you know, Ghostbusters and fucking Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and stuff like that. But uh, he went into retirement, then did his wife die of cancer? Or was yeah. she sick with cancer? No, she died. And he just then thought because he had the money and because he didn't want to spend any more time away from his family, just to say they retire and... Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis, and to say mm-hmm. they uh, look after his children. Nice, like. Nice one. Fair folks. But Fair I, folks for... I, being a person, and uh, your well, you know, <laughs> no, no, it's taken for granted. No, it is, it is, it is very nice. It is very sweet. 
Yes, indeed. But all right, well, that's a party, but I, I would have never assumed. They would I know. Him, I, he, I, no, been, just there was kind of rumors like, oh, maybe they could get him for a wee cameo. He's like, been given so many fucking offers to come back for yeah. stuff, and he's we always. Although I think uh, maybe when there was the whole talk of like another Spaceballs film because Star Wars started up, there was a the whole talk of maybe he's coming. But like half the people in Spaceballs are dead now. <laughs> mm, right, true enough. Don't I fucking hate Spaceballs? But anyway, we won't yeah. talk about Spaceballs. But yeah, <laughs> there's there's cameos in the films in the film, but. This is my biggest problem with the film, that a lot of, not even just with the cameos, but there's all our stuff in there where they're relating back to the original film. And it just, it takes you out of it a bit, because it's kind of the problem I had with the, the Total Recall remake as well. Like, er, like every 10, 15 minutes, they're bringing back, like, oh, remember that better film from 20 years ago? You know what I mean? <laughs> And yeah, it's just it's constantly, it's, it's, yeah. it's constantly reminds you of a, of a better film from however many years ago and it's just like let's just pay attention to this because when when they are just doing their own thing and just like the four of them just having crack with each other or out busting ghosts you know it's it's good (laughs) it's it's fun it's entertaining it's never going to get to the levels of the original ghostbusters because this is this is a flat-out comedy film and the original ghostbusters isn't because i mind hearing a thing i'm not a big fan of the original film to be honest well that's all right you don't have to be <laughs> but I, I remember like hearing a thing of max landis talking about it and he said if you take all the comedy out of the original ghostbusters it's still an interesting intriguing story and it still has horror elements in there and can't, like there's bits in the original ghostbusters that are genuinely creepy yep like when like sigourney weaver's chair starts coming to life and all air can crack is it is it's unsettling. Like. Slimer scared that fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. And but like, but like the open. There's a cold open to to the new Ghostbusters where you you see a ghost like. But it's it's so naff and it's like it reminded me of something out of like a Scooby Doo film yeah. rather than a Ghostbusters film. And I'd, I I really didn't like that. And there was really kind of weird awkward editing in it as well. I'd, it it felt like it was thrown together or something. It was actually the really tall guy from Silicon Valley. Really skinny one. Oh fuck! Is it Ross Jones or something? I think it's on the guy. He's, he's, he's in Spy. King. He plays like a Russian or something. Or it was also in like mm, it was. In the, it was. In the I know they shoot well. him outside the the expensive clubs. He tries to drug Rose Byrne. Okay, no. He's he's the kind of one that always follows the main guy no matter what. He does such a good job of that though. <laughs> Is that him? I don't know. Have you seen Silicon Valley? No. <laughs> You're not getting a laugh from this boy, like. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, you could literally talk as well. I can take it by just doing that. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, you know, it's, 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 it's exceptionally belittling, like, on the. Uh, <laughs> what are you I talking about? Tra- I, thought, I thought you were talking about Spy. Aye, because he's on Spy as well. Aye, but then you're all like. Silicon have you seen Silicon Valley? Aye, what about Silicon Valley? He's the boy that follows fucking. What do you call the main character? Yeah, I, I it's Thomas Middleditch. I always forget the main character's name. Aye. It's about sort of follows him around. Aye, he used, religiously he, follows him around. Aye, he used to work for Huli, the aye, big aye, company. Aye. Aye. Yeah. Aye. All right, then. You updated it with Silicon Valley? Third series? <laughs> nah, I've watched third series yet. Fucking, I think the, the best series yet. Right. My own personal opinion. Anyway. I still think they could have got there in, in uh, a slightly longer first season or in two seasons. It, sometimes it feels like you're going, you're really stretching this out. Like. See, I like spending yeah. time on No, see, I, I like spending time on I do, but it just gets to the point where you're just all, oh, come on. I've never thought it always this seems like sh- it always does seem like a very obvious somewhere. sort of link that all oh, this you know we're now going to shift the narrative over this way and you think well this going to be done a lot quicker but I don't know if it means more episodes I don't really mind that much 
Yeah. I have No, but if it means more episodes, but they're more spaced apart, uh, spaced apart you know what I mean? Like, if, if, if it meant more episodes and you got a longer series, that's good. But if it's more episodes in the sense, like, oh, we're only going to take you half the way, then next year we're going to take you That's starting to fuck me off. See, as long as it's not mm. detrimental to the humor, I, I don't mind. The characters, I don't think it is. I know, it's just it's just us being selfish pricks wanting yes. more content. Isn't it? It's not really, but I mean, I was, I was <laughs> sort of this script. I, I, I know, it's, it, it's hard having someone kind of linger in there for so long. Like. Uh, and it's like, even we like 30 Rock, it was kind of became addictive. I, I think the formula of 30 Rock is that it's just a, every episode. Not all episodes are amazing. They have amazing moments in them, mm. but they always just... It's almost like they just cut you off, just as they're about to do. It leaves you wanting more, but I suppose that is good. But you're just kind of going, oh, can you just set up this, you know, it's too, and you don't finish. And, and it's, I had started thirty works, or they frustrate me the way it was doing that. It was, it was just a, a style. It was just sort of mm. making you go right the next one, watch the next one. And I, I think just, I didn't want to do it. Mm. Alex like Bolden is so good in thirty Rocks, you'd happily watch him, whatever uh, the case. Yeah. Like, but summaries, Ghostbusters now. Also, a Slimer on it. Slimer and his missus is in it. Oh yes, hey, I'm not seeing that. Then. <laughs> they're 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 making Slimer babies. Oh great, not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, overall, it's a fun, entertaining film. If you like Paul Feig's other films, you'll enjoy this. It has it's that kind of comedy. It's four very funny women having good chemistry together. Funny make, women making jokes. Chris Hemsworth just being the stupidest person in the world, but being hilarious. And is he still an absolute and fucking gorgeous? Uh, <laughs> a very good looking man. He's a beautiful looking man. I think I think this is the best he's ever looked as well. I don't oh. know why. Uh, Where's haircut now? It's I think it's might be because the stupidity makes him feel painable or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, you could like trick him into going. I always said, Mickey, the most attractive thing about anybody, attainability. <laughs> 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 It is, though. It is. <laughs> if you think I'm a chance, that is very attractive. <laughs> that's like a line from Parks and Rec that Tom says. He's not like, as soon as he knows someone's Indian, he's like, that's the most attractive quality. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, yeah. So, it's, it's it's very funny. It's very entertaining. But if you're going in, yeah, if you're going on looking for a Ghostbusters film, it's maybe not the best thing. Like, as I said, the... The ghosts look the ghosts look alright, but it's just the the way the interactions with them or the kind of set pieces they have with the ghosts, they're they're not really scary. They're just it kinda of feels like a Scooby Doo film and, and and that is pretty harsh, but it is it's kinda of cartoony rather yeah. than creepy, which I think they pulled off from the original. And the the ending as well, the kinda of big third act kinda of set piece where everything goes mental. I, I had I had problems with air. There's there there's things that I could say, but it's me getting really panicky and really kind of nerdy about stuff. So I, I won't bring those up because that's just my own problems in my head. <laughs> <laughs> but there's they they have they have. That's just my problem. Though. I just I, I I'm dealing with that meal, my <laughs> Don't worry about it. No, because if I start going and do one, it'll just sound stupid, and you won't give a fuck. So it doesn't matter. No, you have to go on it. No, no, you have to. No, it's all right. But gone. I'll I'll right. Mackie. I'll half. I'll oh, half go on. I'll half go on it. Right. They they have they have the the proton packs and. Did the, they cross the beams? No, they don't cross the beams actually. Unfortunately, 
Oh, but did, did I did I say that I went to see it in three D and it's actually pretty cool because the beams actually spill over the frame oh, and the and the black and stuff and some of the Ooh. ghosts actually fly out over it and stuff. So nice one. It's actually pretty good. Like I went to see it. I I went to see it with Jill's man. She screamed the first time a ghost came up because it was coming right at you. Just you, Jill's man. No, why do you always think? No, because it's the way you word it every time. It's just like it seems like a. She was there and Jill was there and my sister was there. I don't know. They asked Jill when she comes on. Anyway, uh, yeah. So they have the the they have the proton packs and like the the ghost trapper thing and all air and that's that's all grand. But then they start making more gadgets, like more things to kind of fight the ghosts and all and it's just like you don't need yeah. anything more you proton pack what else I, fuck want? like they make like a ghost grenade and a ghost yeah. sucker and stuff oh, and it's just like you don't need any of that because really because it doesn't it doesn't really make sense i know we're talking about fucking fake science here but it doesn't make sense in <laughs> the sense that the proton packs are there to grab the ghost thing you're trapping them in this thing gotta but catch they, them all but then, <laughs> but then, like some of the things, but some of the, but some of the things they, some of the yes. other gadgets they they come up with is they're actually like killing the ghosts. Like they're just they're turning they're them killing into, the ghosts. They're, they're they're turning them into slime. You and it's just bastards! Like, and it's just like that doesn't really make sense in the the kind of thing that you're setting up with the proton packs. All you know, what I mean, yeah. like it doesn't really make sense. But anyway, yeah, I I had problems with it with the ending of it, but. And I had problems with the fact that they kept on addressing the original film with the cameos and just like they they introduced the you know, the actual Ghostbusters logo, like the ghost mm. with the red ring yeah. and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Properly Ghostbusting. <laughs> <laughs> but they they introduced that like three different times, and it's just like really it's like. Is, like, is once not enough like in the reboot of Star Trek where they brought Spock out about fucking six times like the first time I saw fuck at least there's Spock there's Leonard Nimoy and they just kept appearing it's like right boys you're really fucking overdoing this like yeah just re- reappearing just they say something really sort of big and woody you know? <laughs> that's all Leonard Nimoy can do you know? it's just, he has I, the voice I, for it I dabbed on now but Spock is essentially hey, he's the older version of the character and the the film it's played by your man from Twenty Four. It's played by Zachary Quinto. Aye, uh, well, <laughs> your man. That's how you know Zachary Quinto. Yeah. Your man from Twenty Four. No, he was in one right. series of Twenty Four. He's in like fucking heroes or something. Like that. <laughs> right, yeah. The one that point, I fucking heroes. You know? <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I, I heard. I heard first day of Twenty Four. You try to walk on my mirrors on him and fucking keepers all take him off. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he he's he's the older, different timeline version aye, of aye. but he is it's the same person it's like, the same yeah, person right, live long and prosper sorry because he doesn't say that too I Spock. know I know because yeah, it's nice it someone's good right? yeah. they thought yeah. they thought that one out like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> TJ Evans was just all pack him <laughs> <laughs> I completely lost where it was. I think you pretty much said everything you had to say about Ghostbusters, yeah. pal. If you're making a Ghostbusters film, don't make more weapons. Oh no, yeah, that's uh, there's just the, yeah. the the cameos as well. They they take they take you out, and at the at the very end of the film during the credits, they have these wee scenes of just them doing stuff, and it's just funny wee scenes. And if they had all the cameos in there, I think that would have been grand because. You're already done with the film. You're just having these and as we Easter eggs just being yeah. oh fuck it's Bill Murray or whatever. But having it in the film, it takes you out of the film and just reminds you of a better film. Do you know the the cam uh, the cameras are they playing themselves or are they playing just 
random characters. Random characters. They're they're, they're, uh, they're no oh, because yeah. that's the thing. Like uh, the Ghostbusters, the first Ghostbusters hasn't happened in this, this film. Yeah. Oh, like, like they're that. they're the first Ghostbusters. I thought I was going to be seeing fucking Venkman. No, 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 no. I thought it was they were p- passing the old torch, you know. Uh, no jobs. No. Nope. No. no. So out of five, no. I give it a solid <laughs> three. A three. Oh, that's not so bad though. It's it's not bad. It's like it's it's funny. It's entertaining. You know, it it goes by at a nice pace. You, know, I was never bored during it. Just had some problems with. But if you're a Paul Feig fan, you'll like it. If you're a Ghostbusters uh, fan, maybe not so much. Speaking of passing the torch, uh, what did you watch last week, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> last uh, week? Or this or week? This or week? Or, uh, uh, Devil in a Blue Dress. Mm. Oh, nice one. 1995. But a dance. Yeah. But Directed by Carol Franklin. And it's based off like a kind of famous novel by... Walter Mosley. Walter Mosley, that's right. Eh? I think they done it like in the English course, didn't they? Uh, I know, I, I, I did it. Yeah. But uh, it always had an interest in watching it. Everybody got around it. But great. Basically, what it is, it's uh, set in 1940s LA. Uh, Denzel Washington is. Is uh, it Prohibition at the time? No, no, no. It's just, just after. Like, Prohibition would have been the, the 20s. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, there is sort of like it's a speakeasy bar, but uh, it's a sort of fallout, doesn't it? Sort of speakeasy uh, bar. Matter, sorry, go ahead. But uh, Denzel Washington, he's recently just become unemployed, um, and he's looking for work. I think this, I'll, I'll get on this later, but this is kind of my favorite thing about the film. But basically, in this fucking shady, he seems like a PA played by Tom Sizemore comes and, and offers uh, a ridiculous amount of money, like a couple of hundred dollars, which you know in the forties was a serious amount, just to locate this woman. And obviously, it seems really simple. All he has to do is locate this woman, tell Tom Sizemore where always she is. is. Uh, it's always simple. Always to start. Is, Mick. You know what I'm saying, Mick? Always seems simple. But uh, this podcast was simple. Tell somebody fucking locate her. He goes locates her, and then the plot thickens. I'll not really spoil too much about what happens. In all fairness, the plot itself, I think, is the weakest point of the film. It's really basic. You know, it, it's kind of your standard sort of noir because it is a new noir. I think the best thing about the film and saw that Roger Ebert, Roger, Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert said as well is it's the atmosphere and I think that in any noir new yeah. noir the city has to be a character and it should always feel like the city you know be it LA or New York or wherever the fuck your noir shit it should feel like the city is about to swallow you up you know what I mean it should feel like around every corner there's always a, a bad bastard but you never know what's going to happen somebody's going to jump out at you in a way it, it, it's kind of like a I wouldn't say like a, a slasher sort of vibe but you should always feel like a general sense of unease Mm. And the way Carol, Frank- Carol Franklin shoots it is that way. I mean, he does Denzel on a lot of wide shots and like these sort of dark areas, like these sort of big industrial sites, or, you know, out in the suburbs in this house where a murder's just happened. And it, it constantly feels like somebody's just going to jump out of them. It, it always feels like you know, there's somebody watching them in a way. And it gives it this. Re- and it's, it just looks beautiful as well. Like, it's really, really well shot. Who cheats on it? Don Cheadle's on it, though. Who does he? Cheadle. Don Cheadle's on it. I would say Cheadle. Who's. Does, does he, he play as mocker that comes up the boxer that comes he, up at the end? He plays a character called Mouse. And Mouse, the thing, that's right. The thing that the is he a rat? <laughs> he has. He's a. He actually has a real fucking scumbag in him. <laughs> um, he's great. I remember. He's he's brilliant in it. But one of my main problems is that in the book, from what I remember, he's a, a really really important character, and they try and set up his character, him and Denzel's relationship, very early on with like a flashback of like somebody that he apparently murdered back in Louisiana where they're both from but then 
they don't mention him whatsoever for the next hour of the film and then Don uh, Cheadle doesn't appear until like an hour and five no, I think actually I timed it because it said Don Cheadle was in it and it got the hour mark Hey I'm Ryan Reynolds Recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I think it comes on it literally just after. That's the same as the book, though. And it's only an hour and a half film, but I think they could have built up that character a bit better. You know what I mean? Because when he does appear, you've kind of forgotten about that whole setup, and he just appears and like, who fucks this boy? But then in the short amount of time that he is on screen, he kind of, I wouldn't say he steals it from Denzel, because fucking Denzel. Like. But uh, Fuck he's, he's really, really good. He's really intense. It's a character I've never really seen Don Cheadle play before. He's Because like, he's a real fucking scumbag, and he's obviously got like sort of psychotic fucking issues. Like. But uh, yeah. also, one other thing about it is, what the fuck was I going to say? It's the same characters in the book Gone Fishing. Hmm? I think it's, uh, what do you call the main character that Denzel plays? A Denzel what? Uh, the Denzel, Denzel plays. plays. Oh, Easy. Easy Easy Rollins? No. Can't mind a second name. His, his, name, his first name's actually Ezekiel. But Ezekiel. he's, he's Ezekiel. maybe here I'll check now because I've, I've got the page up here so it might be Easy Rollins. His name is Easy Rollins. Fuck are we? I'm trying to find out now. But, uh, ah, it is Ezekiel easy, Rollins. Uh, easy Rollins. Uh, easy Rollins. I, I think, I think there's another book as well called Fishing. I, d- I don't know if I don't know if they made a film of it or not. Well, Joe Pesci on a phone call called Fishing, but I doubt it's a, the sequel to fucking Devil in a Blue Dress. Uh, anyway, sorry, go ahead. No, but uh, just basically, atmosphere is brilliant. Uh, Denzel is brilliant as usual. Uh, Cheadle's brilliant, but it's more the atmosphere than the plot because mm, the plot mm. then becomes very predictable and. The bars fairness, are great looking. Oh, everything's great looking. Uh, even even just the big industrial site, and there's there's a scene down the harbour too, and it's kind of standard uh, shooting. It's a standard. Uh, we say it's more. Aye, aye it's class. fucking great. Like, but uh, looks brilliant. You know, good performances across the board. Plot does be a bit predictable, but I think that just the general atmosphere and the the, the performances just kind of carry it and elevate it. They they saw uh, better than what you know that the script actually is. I think it's the scene where he's about to have sex. We. What do you call her from Ally McBeal? You know, she was, she was like Ally McBeal's best friend. What do you call her? And I think that was like the scene where I thought, right, this is starting to, you know, I think whatever the way their interaction with each other, as all right, this is starting to, you know, find its mm-hmm. feet now in that scene, and then it just went back there. So that that scene to me was very, very, it was very well put across. Like, yeah, but uh, I, it sort of just went back again. You know, I think that. Do you know what I mean? Was I, I, I went, at the, they were in that wee corner and all, and it was, it was cool. Like. I think it's cool as well, because, I mean, that's the very start of the film, and mm. because he's sleeping with this girl, and one of his best muckers is literally next door, 
it shows that you know he's, he's not your kind of standard hero i mean like he's supposed to be like any sort of fucking noir and the hero he is very mm. flawed like and i think i think the thing i like most about the film not just the atmosphere and how it shot the performances is it one of the, the main strengths i think of the plot is he is just a fit and maybe i can identify with two a lot because obviously i'm unemployed at the minute and i'm looking for work but the main thing that drives him throughout the whole film is so uncomplicated he's just a normal fella he's lost his job and he's literally just looking for money and looking just to have an easy life yeah. and i think they portray that really really well you know there's no he just feels like a normal everyday person who's been chucked into because sometimes that can be pretty forced i mean this everyday person might have like high contacts so this everyday person might be a private investigator like that that's not an everyday person to me he literally is just a blue collar worker who just finds himself in this situation and there's there's a nice wee voiceover in it and he kind of sums it up nicely towards the end where he's talking about everything that happened but at the end like, i won't spoil him but he, he just says that he, he forgot about it and laughed with his friends and it's 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 nice because it seems like that's sort of how seamlessly life can move on for someone who's just kind of looking to get on with like you know what i mean just looking for a bit of money and looking to you know love a quiet easy life but it's uh it's a really good film and the reason actually that, that I, I went to watch it is it kept popping up in a stack of lists of like you know underrated films in the nineties because nobody went to see it when it came out like mm. nobody. It's a six point seven IMDb, which I think I mean is. I think it's harsh for it. Like it's the same with crime novels. I think I think if you're into crime, you'll go watch it. And crime is a big thing, but you know what I mean. I would say films like uh, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, mm-hmm. the Clint one, all they sort of suffer from that a wee bit too. You're like Runaway Jury and all. Mm-hmm. It's it's. I mean, crime is a big business, but it's, you know, it seems like... F- it's surprising because Denzel, obviously, was just as fucking huge in the mid-90s. Oh, sorry. Denzel was just as huge as what he was in the mid-90s as the, what he is now. You know I mean? Like, unlike our sort of crime stuff was being released at the time, it did have that sort of noir period sheen and it looked really good, so it's surprising that nobody kind of went to see it. I do think that... Maybe it wasn't appreciated at the time because, you know, the story is predictable. And the ending, even though I found it really nice, might have been a wee bit of a dumb squad for a lot of people. I, I actually think that even structure-wise and, and how it works out, in the sta- the, not the stakeout, but the sort of the... Uh, there's a shootout in the house at the end, isn't there? You know, in ways I was comparing it to, like, LA Confidential and stuff. You know, and it's just like Confidential just has so much more darkness and yeah. intensity. I personally think that the film wasn't dark enough. Yeah, I think at the end of... Devil in a blue dress with that shootout, it just it just ends too abruptly. You just don't give a fuck, like. yeah. Because I mean, literally, the shootout starts and there's, there's a, a good bit of build up, you know, with them kind of stalking around the house like there usually is, but then it just sort of ends very, very quickly. And like the sort of antagonist, the whole film kind of ends up fucking what would you say, Bumped fucking off, right dying, like. <laughs> you know what I mean? But getting their ticket punch, aye, getting their ticket punch, but the way it's sort of fucking handles is, is almost like. The punch it, it isn't enough, you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, they're there, oh, no, they're dead. Already he's moved on to the next scene. It does seem a bit rushed. It's like, it is, it's a 90 minute or two, which is sweet. It's 1 hour 42. One hour, oddly enough, the, when I was watching the other day, it's not 1 hour 42, <laughs> it's 1 hour 37. And it actually finishes at 1 hour 29. So fuck off. It is. Don't say, count the say, credits, Mickey. It says 1 hour 42. That's how I didn't get, because when I watched the other day, it's 1 hour 37. I think IMDb might be incorrect for once. You watched it on ITV and they cut it all good stuff. Nah, it was a DVD copy. Alright. Uh. <laughs> so Shane, if if as as an unemployed man yourself, if if Tom Sizemore <laughs> bro- 
go on. <laughs> Rocked up at your door, offered you a couple of hundo, oh, fuck, be tracked down some probably, gal. Probably not that's what he's been up there recently. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what the fuck's happening? Have they fucking age what age that girl was like? Hey, what's that correct? We say he was fucking inside. He was caught fucking. Say <laughs> <Inside> what? Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, for fuck's sake! Is it was it was it Wayne's? I'm not sure. It was there was something going on there anyway. No, I I just mind when he made a sex tip and all. No, he has a sex tip, of course, as well. Like. Of course, everyone of course. does. Yeah, everyone does. Like, you see mine? Size more like. Do you want to see mine? <laughs> Everybody has a say. What was there? there? There must be somebody. <laughs> Actually, no, I had a. St- an idea for a script about the person that approaches actors to make sex tapes. That's what, that was a script I had in my head. Because it was one of these things. And, and it came from a throwaway line that Colin Farrell said in an interview one time. He said, Ah, somebody just came to me and says, Yeah, we just do this. We better crack and whatever and all. And then I just fucking regretted it, man. I was just like, So somebody approached him mm. and says, Let's make a sex tape. Well, oh. probably his girlfriend or something. No, it was some. Yeah, it was some one night stand. There's only one there. Oh, yeah. there's some. Well, you know yourself. There's some phenomenally fucking seedy people in Hollywood, like. Aye, but at the same time, it it it's it's leaked, and it's oh the sex tape out there. But it's not leaked. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not. Leaked. It's leaked in inverted commas, of course. Like, yeah. but but uh, part of the machine. It's definitely. And tr- there's there's bound to be a doc or something about that or. or well, something. no, that's 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 not being fair. Like, I I I reckon sometimes genuinely they are leaked, but oh yeah, once it becomes a thing, then they're not. Like that whole thing, obviously last year, like the, the relief, really, it was in the the papers and stuff. That really infamous one where like what was it, like two hundred fucking female celebrities were all hacked, yeah, and like their personal foot. That's a that is a leak. I mean that is that's crime. Like you know what I mean? But uh, I think that a lot of the times when a sex tape's released, we'll get off us very quickly because it's irrelevant. But uh, it's usually a celebrity whose careers win the wee bit, and because I mean. People like say Paris Hilton or Kim Kardashian, those well they didn't have careers. No, but, yeah, but they were playing up to the fucking. Aye, there, there's there, there, there's yeah. was license and all they sold the rights, so they wanted it out there. You know what I mean? No, but they weren't celebrities when that happened. It's interesting as well that they're probably the only two there that are celebrities for the sake of being celebrities. Yeah, they literally do nothing. It girls pa- in it. Paris Hilton had a music career. Oh, Jesus, I and that TV show we fucking Lionel Richie's Wayne. Mm. Oh, the simple way. So bad. Hey. Oh, Going bugger. back though uh, to Devil the, in a Blue Dress, it's the, uh, the, good that he enjoys the simple life. The the, <laughs> the third series. Of, <laughs> I think it was the I'm third impressed. series, maybe the, maybe the fourth series, but the third or fourth series is really good because Par- uh, Paris, Paris and Nicole, Mac, stop, Paris hey. and Nicole were Go fighting. Pack at the so fuck, they man. had to separate the pack show, bags, so <laughs> they couldn't actually go to the places at the same time. But then they met once and they had a big fight and all. It was stuff that mental. wasn't staged. It was <laughs> mental, <laughs> Shan. You do not believe what happened. Like. Yeah. They just they just made up and hugged. But Devil in a Blue Dress, I give it a four to five. Mm. I, I think it's it's definitely a wee hidden gem in the nineties. Yeah. I give it a three. You give it a three. Mm. I think just for the the rush at the end. Uh, I, I think just when you, it's beautiful looking and all that there. But and you were saying about the city being a character, I don't think it was a character enough. I th- I, th- I think there was a couple of locations that they really got down yeah, really really well. Disagrees there, I say. It's called it's called it's called having an opinion, uh, <laughs> but that no, it was there was a couple. Maybe of locations you like, disagree with everything he says just I before, it, just perhaps. <laughs> I think I was talking about Dylan Blue Dress uh, yesterday, and then he just came up with all this fucking bullshit. <laughs> story. But uh, no, but uh, he heard me talking about Dylan Blue Dress, me sleeping his eye. That's a one there. But uh, <laughs> that's a one there. The club, the club they went, they you know, the first club they went, they 
where they were. I think it's the it's like a it's like a speakeasy and it's like a nearly an all black club. Mm. Like I think I think they nailed that. That was like perfect. That's how like it was red and all that there and all and and things goes here. But there's just other things that just didn't. They were just too clinical and straight, and they, they just it wasn't dynamic enough. I actually, I mean, it's beautifully shot that scene in the docks with Tom Sizemore when he pulls the gun on like a couple mm-hmm. of kids or something like that. There, it's beautifully shot, but it's just so. In a way, because it's perfect, it's dull. And yeah, I think, see, I, I I think the film kind of suffers. So that, in my opinion, I think it does. The only thing I got with, I mean, the, the reason that would great me is the end's rushed and the plot line is about some plastic. Uh, but everything else kind of comes together, the elevated and gaugey uh, along the way. Also, I, I would have liked fucking Don Cheadle, they fucking have got a wee bit more bold up, they come on it. Because mm. it does kind of come in. I was before Cheese was was very yeah. big though too, like. Which is cool as well. That's what, that's what I really liked about it because it's it's a completely fucking. It's not like any role that I've seen him in now. Because now he kind of usually plays a straight man and he's kind of uptight and stuff. Because he played like Sammy Davis and all soon after yeah. that and all and this kind of thing. But now he's he's on the hinge as fuck. Like he's got severe fucking problems and he's yeah. compl- there's no redeeming qualities to him whatsoever. But no, it's a good film. Okay, we shall move on to topics. Crack that whip, boy. <laughs> When you stop the whole top of stuff, 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 it's got tires. I'm bored of it. <laughs> bored of it. Yeah, Change you know, it. Fuck you know, it. You know how I never does. Let's keep doing it. Just do fuck her. What's this week's topic then, Michael? I, well, I just thought of one there as you were talking, Sean Kyle, because I wasn't really paying attention. So I, you know, <laughs> I, let, I let my mind wander. And uh, no. What's that <laughs> first, does it? Is that Fuck an insult? Off. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Why <laughs> take that? I, I, no, I, I think it's, it's like it's like uh, it. It doesn't really matter what was said. The intent was there. It's just like I. It was. It was. The words don't matter. Aye. It's the tone. And yeah. Aye, that so it was all sound just be fucking butter on the mic. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, make it be anything or oh fuck, what's going on? Uh, I definitely set myself. Oh engaged, my! Like, <laughs> uh, you been fucking like okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Saucy. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I d- I did that. The other day, when I was walking home by myself, I started laughing to myself because Mental. I was—I know because I was—I was in a really weird—I was in a really Bye, weird man. mood, and I thought I saw him funny, and I started laughing out loud to myself. I was like, <laughs> then I turned around, and someone was just walking by me, and I was like, <laughs> just walking into the uh, house. Then. Just all I make an absolute bag, man. Uh, <laughs> pretty sure they just a thought it was bag, mental. Man. <laughs> But yeah, the topic that I thought of as Sham was talking is because you were talking about uh, Don. I can't. I Chiel? can't. I can't say his name Chidale. anymore because you fucked I me keep up. Cheats. 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 Like Donnie Cheats. Apollo Cheats. Apollo Cheats. <laughs> you know, just use Apollo Creed to get you there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, you you were Florida saying cheats, he was bro. he was in Devil in a Blue Dress, but it was before he was kind of big, and it's mad to see him in that kind of. A smaller role or whatever. Not that he could. Had he paused it for a while? <laughs> <laughs> had he sit down and just, you know. What year was it made? 95. What year was Out of Sight made? 97. Oh, well done, sir. I don't normally get <laughs> things uh, like that. I thought it was 98, but. I don't know. I just said 97. It was 98, but anyway. Cheeds with the old Sodes connection definitely fucking helped the old All career. Back time. time. Yeah. Got him on the career because it's just you wouldn't, you wouldn't know what it was if I showed you the old car, the old car, definitely helped him out with the rear. Uh, the, the old rear. <laughs> yeah, uh, the rear. Uh, 
Nej, jag ville säga snitt. Yes! Yes! Go <laughs> hold on that. Anyway, Get no, yeah. That. So I just, I just thought, uh, of of when you when you see like a big actor now, but if you're watching like an older film and they're in like a wee kind of small bit part or something, it's, like it's just mad to see that. Because the the first thing that sprang into my head, even though he's not he, he's big, but he's not the upper echelon of like. Hollywood actors, but Jason Bateman, when you see him in stuff like Dodgeball, yeah. where he's just like the commentator on the Dodgeball matches, because it was probably around the same time as Arrest Development or just before it, but he just complains a completely different, different character. He play Jason Bateman, like. Hey, he's just this kind of cool bro kind of guy. Man, <laughs> he's all, oh, oh, welcome to Ouchtown, bro. Population you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I think uh, the ultimate one, Fat. That's kind of famous for it now. He's dazed and confused. That's a whole film of people, fam- yeah. really famous yeah. people. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Famous, you know what I mean? So, like, Matthew McConaughey, Ben Affleck, fucking uh, Parker Posey's in there. What do you call her? Uh, Joey Lauren Adams, who was kind of big in the 90s and stuff. Who else saw it? I don't know. Four's pretty good. Like. <laughs> Matt, Matt Damon's in there in the back. Yeah, he's probably in there somewhere. Uh, Shane on Ben's shoes. But no, I mean... <laughs> But they're, uh, I mean, even even at that, that's Ben Affleck. And you could even say, like, Ben Affleck and maybe to a certain extent, Jason Lee and, like, you know, Mallrats and stuff like that, like early Kevin Smith stuff. Mm. I think it's weird because, I don't know, it's like, any time you see it, it doesn't really matter because at that point, I okay, they were just doing their job and being an actor. But there's a strange curiosity and thing. And when you looked at them there and then, they were nobody and they really needed that job, you know what I mean? And you kind of, sometimes I try and, Look to see if they're maybe overacting or if their style's changed. Mina Jovanovic as well, sorry. That's right, they. That's right. Oh, yeah. She's in there too. That's an R one. I forgot Mila. 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 Love she's, about she, Mila. She literally has like a fucking thing, one line in it. But she's in the front cover of the DVD and stuff. Yeah. Oh, she, uh, she, sing, she sings dala, a song. Dala, and all and all <laughs> <laughs> she sings a song and all in it, doesn't she? No. Aye, she does. She's does she? does guitar. Does she? Aye, because then the sooner guy and the other guys just kind of sat there but all. Fucking Roy Cochran too. That's right. That's right. Be like who have you do. No, that's McConaughey. I know that's so fucking. But look at look at who's the last one about the cop. He's okay, man. Are you cool, man? What? Okay. Okay. But looking at McConaughey again. But looking at oh. McConaughey in Dazed and Confused, like, he is, like, such a character, and you think, like, geez, that's heavy kind of acting kind of stuff there, but he, he was, that was his first film, like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you, you see you see a difference of 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 someone it being their first job and just kind of going in and doing what's told to them, but then he's actually going on there and trying something a bit different, trying to stand out yeah. more, because that was the thing with that film, like, he was only supposed to be in, like, a couple of scenes or, or something, scenes or something but like. Richard Linklater liked him so much then. Yeah, I wrote more scenes from I think as well, I don't like all these sort of cliches saying, oh, you can see, like, a star being born and stuff like that there, but I'd say if you would have watched that back in, like, 93, when it was released, and you see McConaughey, you probably would have got an inkling that this guy's gonna go on to someone else because he steals the whole film, like you know what I mean. And from only trying to every be scene like, he's in, people are hanging themselves. Absolutely like, steals it, like just I was saying, like you know, <laughs> you, you, you can just 
from an audience like do you know what I mean I, I, I might as well say it's like a fucking test audience like I mean every mm. time he was on when we showed it at the film club just people just pushed themselves laughing right. and he just, just he just ha- even if he's just saying alright <laughs> and you hear him off screen he's alright 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 he's not even on screen <laughs> and people are just hanging themselves laughing now and QR slides up and like, oh, he's coming he's coming when we screamed at oh, the phone club oh he's oh, he coming when we screamed <laughs> at the phone club a couple of weeks ago to even just him standing outside a club he's not even doing anything but people are giggling like <laughs> yeah. he's just the character and the byline. I think it's the just, hair too. The hair is just metal. Like. And with the wee fucking moustache as well. But he's just got <laughs> such an unbelievable charisma. Like, mm. just oozing fucking charisma. <laughs> he's brilliant. But. What was that again? Like? When I go play a game, put a foosball. Oh, right. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Fuck, I love that. So, so good. Like, I love that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love that shit. Do you have any for, like, you know, actors when they were younger and you kind of see them in? I'm saying Christopher Walken and Annie Hall. Yeah. Because uh, that's before he was kind of big, look. Even fucking, uh, is it Annie Hall? Or, no, it's Annie Hall. Fucking Jeff Goldblum. He's an Annie Hall. I think I've lost my mantra. That's that's him on the phone. Oh, fuck, right, right, right. <laughs> do, you know, do you know Jeff Goldblum and another one? Uh, Death Wish. Yes. He's one of the fucking he's rapists. He's one of the fucking rapists. Uh, kill, uh, killers mm. to start a Death Wish, man. He's... Yeah. he's he looks mental. He looks like really unhealthy and tall and gaunt. No, it's really weirdly shot, that scene. It's fucking mad. It's pretty... Un- it's pretty upsetting that's it I, mean, I suppose yeah, any rape scene is supposed to be upsetting up, okay. but I think that uh, I think it has I don't know for me personally I think it had more of a punch because it was Jeff Goldblum because that is completely not what you associate Jeff Goldblum with really. I know uh, I think I'd give it just a wee added sort of effect really can you think of any Michael concerning is your topic is it is it Elijah Wood in Back of the Future 2 playing the gun game or is it Oh, uh, the wee kid. Me, 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 you have to use your hands. That's like a baby's toy. That boy. Aye, I'm pretty sure I saw Elijah Wood on there. How's it? Check it. IMDb, that shit. Jalen Hall's in fucking stacks of things, is the way. Mm. Really? Mm. I don't know any of them, like, but I know he is. <laughs> <laughs> but Lin- Lindsay, L- Lindsay Luham was in Parent Trap. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much her fault. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah. It's really getting off the rails really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> the, what the? I, I don't know. I want Dennis Dennis Hopper was like he, he played a bigger part in Giant, but he was in Rebel, Rebel Without a Cause. Right he, he's one of the sort of he's a very tiny part in Rebel Without a Cause, but he was good friends with Dean and all. And uh, he, he pretty much says that James Dean taught him how to act because yeah. he was at school and all, and he done these things and all. It was also strikes up. He says, but the first time he seen James Dean, who, who was sort of you know being inspired by like Montgomery Cliff and. Um, you know, uh, Brando and that kind of thing and all improvisation and stuff. And he says that he says he learned everything from James Dean. Like one that always stood out for me as well. Sorry, is, two, like two seconds. Elijah Wood was in Back Porsche. to Future Part Two. He's credited as Video Game Boy. Hey, <laughs> shut up, you someone. Hey, it's Elijah nice Wood. Probably still looks the same. <laughs> I know because I know I I was pretty sure it was him, but I always get him confused with someone else. But I can't even remember who I get him confused. Daniel Radcliffe because they oh, do look very very similar. No I've got a screamer. Go on. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe in the first Harry Potter. The Long Goodbye, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Is he on there? Aye. Is he's, Arnie in The Long Goodbye? Aye, he's one of the fucking cronies. Old enough, I was, I had a very, very similar one. Fucking uh, Sylvester Stallone and Bananas, the Woody Allen film from fucking 1971. He literally plays street thug. Aye. He stands on the train. He basically stands on the train it. behind Woody Allen and like sort of threatens him with his, his eye fucking him like. And, uh, he's like, and then he just chased him off the train but I find that even more interesting because yeah you loot at me yeah. <laughs> no but you <laughs> 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 
Spooky motherfucker. <laughs> but, uh, what do you call it? Uh... <laughs> but the... hey, what hey. Yo, yo, what <laughs> hey. <laughs> Yo, what hey. What the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> what was I saying about that? Hey, the reason I thought that that kind of stood out to me too is. Oh, it's the most famous thing about fucking Rocky is the fact that Sylvester Stallone at that point was basically fucking like beyond poverty. He was on the streets homeless. And mm-hmm. I thought to myself, when you see him in 1971 playing a glorified extra, you're like, I, I can't get there's something like Salabul or something because I thought, oh, fuck, he was really struggling at that point. And mm-hmm. he, th- this was probably a huge thing for him getting a wee part in that film. Uh, you know what yeah. I mean? This is when he runs off the train and all. He chased him off a train. Uh, eh? Chased him off it. But uh, I know, going back to Arnie's one, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was. It's 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 fucking terrible acting, by the way. I have to say now that is absolutely pish. From, from who? Arnie. Oh. He, he sticks out like a sore thumb. Well, because he's fucking huge. He's Mister Universe or whatever. Mm. But like, he keeps. You notice him keep. Uh, he keeps flexing his, his his nipples and his tits. <laughs> it happens all the time. He keeps doing it and he keeps flexing his thing. And oh, just, sorry, I can't do. I'm sorry, I can't like do you too. I'm sorry, That's him on the surface. I said, uh, I'm shining on Mars. Totally Saturn, cool. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Fuck's sake, right hey. Been a while since I watched Total Recall, I know. Richie, he calls fucking cash. He knows pistachios. He says, well, that fucking stupid bastard. No, I'm joking. But, uh, no, but. <laughs> I don't know what that is. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I think you made yourself look stupid there. <laughs> Perhaps. Probably not. But, uh, <laughs> no, but, uh, no, that came from, I was shopping with my friend one time and, uh, it was one of these days where he was really fucking me off. Just one of these days. And he's just, oh, he's, oh no, get, 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 I was running Kenny. Uh, just, <laughs> so, get there, get a look at cash, he's fucking crazy, like whatever, out there and all. And it's just a lump of shell, and he's like, that's fucking pistachio, he's just spastic. <laughs> <laughs> Passive aggressive, or what? Like. But uh, Christopher was there, and he was fucking hanging himself. Like, that's fucking pistachio, he's just spastic. <laughs> but, uh, uh, anyway. <laughs> I dare man up on the fucking mops uh, like kind of works like. But uh, I know Arnie <laughs> was Arnie. Uh, Arnie was like uh, really fucking distracting in it. Really fucking distracting. Because you can do nothing but look at him because you're thinking he went on to one of the biggest fucking No, it's because he's flicking his tits uh, all his the time. His tits are moving He's doing, it, he's no, doing no, all he, this he, shit. No, even at that, but do you not find when you see somebody really famous uh, like in a really, really early role that you can do nothing yeah. but, even if they're an extra, you can do nothing but focus on them. Because uh, uh, it, it kind of, I wouldn't say humanizes them, but it makes them a bit more real because it's like before uh, they were really fucking famous. If you were just slightly change the topic... It's similar enough. No, no. But uh, I'm changing it, Mick. Uh, no. Well, is there any more? Cause, no. Cause I've got to say, <laughs> any more for any more? Any more for any more? Uh, no, go ahead. What are you saying? Shops closing. But uh, <laughs> what <are> you, uh, <laughs> there is, uh, I remember watching The Sopranos, and it, it was when J- Johnny Sack, is it? Johnny Sack, yeah. He sent a fucking the house by jail. That's well, if you're gonna talk about this, let them. Oh, you on about fucking Sunday Lamay as his doctor? Sunday Pollock. Oh, sorry, Sunday Pollock as his doctor. Aye. Fuck, aye, aye, that threw me. Aye, because I was like, well, I didn't know it was him. Even Peter Bogdanovich popping up as well. Aye, as Peter Bogdanovich, because it was this thing. There are certain things, right? See, when you're young, like guys, I started watching Sopranos was like 15 or 16. I won't break no law. But, uh, <laughs> what do you want? Uh, Season must die. But, uh, I was watching it and just, and shows the guy, there certain things where. It's an actor you haven't seen before, but you're like, 
there's something about this yeah. guy. He handles himself very fucking well. Either this boy is just a great actor and he shows up night again, or you know this boy just looks too comfortable here. You know what I mean? And, and it's really it, there's, there's like a style that it's just like this fucking cult knows what he's doing. And it was because I didn't know what Sidney Pollock looked like yeah. back then, and it was just like oh, that has that performance always stuck out to me. It's just all this boy. It's just effortless. Yeah. Who the fuck is this guy? Do you know what I mean? Have you ever had a performance like that where you're just like, who the fuck's that? No, I, I think not only obviously as a good actor when they stand out, not even amongst a bad actor, but just a sort of standard actor, but I think there is a certain, a certain level of good actor or like a certain level that you kind of get there where when you're watching it, there is just a feeling that Jesus Christ, it doesn't even feel like you're watching an actor anymore. Uh, even I mean, it feels like this boy actually exists. Maybe it's you know they mean? shoot him or where they introduce him sometimes and you go... You know, mm. sometimes oh, there's a big actor here. We want to give him a good introduction. Mm. You know, sometimes that can happen it, too. It, it, you just reminded me of something of uh, <clears throat> Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant talked about when they were sh- making extras. Because uh-huh. obviously the whole thing with extras is like they always had like a big star every episode. And Samuel Jackson was in one of the episodes. Uh-huh. But the way they were introducing him is they were shooting a film. So... <laughs> I think it was the shot. Actually, like, this, this is where we got our idea for. Uh, as, as it says, like oh, he back or something. I, that's where we got our idea for the you know the the Patty's day. <laughs> We're chatting about that. Sna- day, right? Snakes on a plane too. Patty's I'm tired day. of these motherfucking snakes and this motherfucking island. <laughs> <laughs> then Patty comes up and he's just all oh, oh he oh, back. He back. <laughs> <laughs> but just I'm cruising I'm like Kane. I need a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Phone again. I'll just ignore this one. JT. JT. Can you turn it off? I don't want to hang up on him. I can mute it. Like. I didn't mute it. There. Okay. Um. No, but they. Uh, Rick Gervais was talking about shooting that scene, and because Samuel Jackson is so professional and so used to just being a badass in these kind of movies, and they're kind of spoofing that, that they set up a scene where it's like him smoking a cigar, and there's a big track up, and he's all like, "Oh, he back or whatever." <laughs> no, no, what is he's all. Tell him some the 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 king's back in town. Aye, aye, like aye, something like that. But he he, he did he made it perfectly in one take, and then Ricky Gervais and Steve Murphy just kind of looked at each other, was like, "Well, but will we do it again?" <laughs> <laughs> because he's he's just so professional and so good aye. at just being that guy. Like he just nailed it, and they're like, and "We don't know what to do." You know, he's like, yeah. "They're they're like they're like powerless as directors." Just be all, oh, "Okay, it's like that's sweet." <laughs> I <laughs> know yeah, stranger had about 30 fucking crane coming his way just <laughs> sitting on that camera the man back in town time's up uh, perfect too but no uh, he I... knows that he, he's got his all eye uh, 5 inches 4 inches 3 there we go <laughs> he just senses it's like it. I shot in US Marshals we got a fugitive <laughs> yeah, yeah. we got a fugitive so, no. so this guy ain't dead we got ourselves a fugitive <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Get up the fucking cops. <laughs> <laughs> no, but where I thought where knock I thought you were taking the topic is just big stars being in like smaller things and it minded me of Dusty? No. No, e- oh, no, don't wait, don't open up that bag. <laughs> but uh, Dusty no. is crapping off a fucking really weird film. Like. But uh he's, he's, has literally no relevance whatsoever. Yeah, does he do it in his lunch hour, does he? <laughs> 
Surprise. You got a surprise. <laughs> 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 that's a, that's a singing. I got a surprise for you. <laughs> I'm just popping up these phones. <laughs> oh, but Ian McKellen, mind, he was in a few episodes of Carnation Street. That's right. <laughs> like after the Lord of the Rings and all, and X Men, he was in. Down. He was in Carnation. Yeah, I was in all that crack, but I know he obviously just definitely all that crack. Because the did you ever hear the thing that Snoop Dogg wanted to be in Carnation Street because he really got on it when he was here oh, some point, <laughs> but they refused to have him on. I would actually. Dog being it, I, I would. I swear to God, I would give anything to see a scene with him and Norris myself. Oh, why is that not happening? Like, oh, God. Polar opposite. I think that, that fucking phrase Imagine is created Snoop for them Dog too. Imagine fucking pumping on the fucking Coronation Street thing. <laughs> Smoking a big fucking 12 skinner just then. Doing a wee voiceover. Walking over. on that rovers. Doing a wee voiceover as the cat comes down and has a cool cat. Fucking right, man. That'd be amazing. But another Coronation Street connection and Ian McKellen as well that... Patrick Stewart was actually in Cornish Street before he was famous. Was he? He was in like one episode as like a firefighter, like when it was still like in black and white and shit. Couldn't take Pat. Like, in all fairness, I don't know what Patrick Stewart looked like when he was young. He's always looked the No, he looked the exact same. Tell you about her. What do you call him? The well, not about her. He's obviously posting it. If he's no scrubs, but the janitor. Yeah, the cop and the fugitive. Yeah. Oh yeah, Kimbo. And, and they brought it on there. Fucking episode that was brilliant. That was really good. They call me again Neil Flynn, is it? I know, that sounds great. Neil Flynn. Good strong Irish name, that. I know, because they, they make it a whole thing, like he's like a fail actor and all in the episode, and then the big reveal at the end, he recreates it, he's all Kimbo! <laughs> <laughs> so good. Well, I think we've discussed that, eh, death. Yeah, there's probably a few more. <laughs> we can pack at them. <laughs> your fist, Mickey. Is that your thinking fist? Sasha Bar Cohen, before he made it big with Borat, he was on the LAG phone. See what you done there, Very nice. Pretty much all the bag actors now were in Banner Brothers. True enough. I know. Damien Lewis. I heard Tom Hanks talk about that before. Like, basically, everybody that they, they put in Banner Brothers was, made it big. But then uh, Jude Law said, no, Tom Hanks said to Jude Law one time, he's like, oh, how come we didn't have Ian Battle? He's like, you wouldn't hire me. He's like, oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't in charge of casting. <laughs> <laughs> I think also maybe just even as a last one, it's not really a topic at hand, but I think it's just, it's a real curiosity as a film. One of my favorites, The Thin Red Line, that at the time had the fucking, like, most of the major actors in Hollywood, but... Because it's such a massive, sprawling film, uh, Terence Malick decided they actually make because he kind of finds the film, the edit just shoots a stack of. He decided they make the film about Jim Caviezel. He was, was a nobody. Who, who was it? It was originally meant to be around George Clooney, wasn't it? It was no. See, George Clooney's in it, but then they shot a stack of stuff with George Clooney, and he's cut down the literally one scene. They shot a stack of stuff with Mickey Rourke, and he was completely cut out of the film. That's he's right, not even in the fucking film. That's right, yeah. And Nick Nolte and John Travolta are only in about two scenes and then disappear again because it's basically supposed to be about these men just kind of... It's it's almost like a, like a poem, like a mood piece. It's about these men kind of floating through World War II. Uh, you know what who I mean? was originally... The film was originally meant to be around someone, though. I, th- I don't actually think it was supposed to be around someone. I think they decided upon Jim Caviezel. But uh, considering he was a complete unknown and they had uh, these, like, this litany of fucking huge uh, stars. But he is Jesus. I watched... Uh, <laughs> I watched an interview with, I think it was Christopher Plummer, 
and George Clooney, and it was a few. I think it was like an Oscar round table. Christopher Plummer says he would uh, never work with Malik ever again because mm-hmm. he says he thinks that he gives some of his best work in the New World, and uh, I, th- I think that scene that he is talking about is. Uh, like a background wild track for an yeah. hour scene Jesus. and he was raging and then uh, George Clooney says the same thing but it, I think it's George Clooney that says it was originally meant to be s- somebody was meant to be the lead mm. but then they changed it so it was, they sent it around Caviezel and but Chief and look I, I'd say it all the big actors who are on the thin red line one of the few who actually kind of survives it and gets a lot of scenes is Sean Penn and then Sean Penn and Malik work with each other again, The Tree of Life, which is an horror film and I absolutely fucking love. Class, but yeah. Sean Penn kind of said, I don't think he said he wouldn't work with Malik again, but he says that he was really fucked off and he didn't realise why he was even in the film because he shot a stack of footage for The Tree of Life and it's basically all cut and edited down to him going up on a lift in this big tower block and then sitting in his office for a while and then walking on a beach and he essentially has no dialogue whatsoever. He's supposed to be the grown-up son that you see in the flashbacks and stuff. And I remember him saying in another video, so I honestly don't know why Terence Malick even got me involved because the, what what I contribute to the finished piece, for me anyway, this Sean Penn obviously talking personally, he says, I don't think I'm, I'm relevant whatsoever. I, I, says if, I think he could have got anybody way cheaper just to do what i done. You know mm, what I mean? Mm. It's But he, don't, he finds it in the edit. <clears throat> I uh, like that, but then must, I, I'm sure, I'm sure be, for actors, it, uh, must, it must be, be disappointing the fact that if they do shit so much and they think, oh, I'm really... Con- contributing and i'm doing some really good stuff here because like if you're on a terrence back film you obviously want to kind of give it your all and kind of be in it like and then for that to be caught down to like one or two scenes there's a lot it of must stuff. be disappointing yeah like. i'd see even like mickey rourke who was kind of in the wilderness at that he point he was fucking raging yeah but mickey rourke who was kind of in the wilderness at that point i'm thinking himself try to box a fucking head him but <laughs> He got a part in a Terrence Malick film and he might have thought to himself, jeez, oh, you know, this this made me kind of step back on the limelight. And not only was he completely cut, but he said before as well, like Christopher Plummer, that he personally thinks that it's some of the best work he's ever done. Now, the stuff that he shot was only about 15 minutes worth of footage because like a three-hour film and it's very sprawling. Yeah. But, and, you know, apparently he was fucking fuming as well. Like, he didn't even make it to the film. Mm. He can get it in the extra features and stuff like that. It's actually one of the most interesting things ever. Well, watching. sure. Everybody got fucking paid. <laughs> it's one of the most interesting features. Like, what the watching fuck the kind of budgets does he have, like? I think because that was the first film he'd done in 20 years and because there was... Some there was such a mistake. There was such a mistake because he'd done, uh, you know, Days of Heaven and he'd done fucking Badlands and then literally he stopped doing films for, like, 20 years. And because those two first films were so, like, sort of critically successful, <clears> a lot of people <throat> thought, oh, you know, is Malik ever going to come mm. back? And have you seen Nader Cup shit, by the way? Sorry. Hey? Have you seen Nader Cup shit? I've watched Nader Cup shit. We should watch together. It's fucking awful. I don't know. I'll still, I'll be honest, because it's Malik, I'll definitely give it a. We should watch No, I'll give it a whirl. I'll definitely, because I, I love Malik. Like, I even enjoyed To the Wonder. I think it's a wee bit. I think it's a wee bit. Well, half an hour could have been taken out of that. Like, uh, you could take a half an hour out of like. But, um, fuck, what was I saying? Aye, I think because that mistake that it built up by the time he went to do Tree of Life, I think any producer or distributor was just fucking money on him because he must have had a mammoth budget for that. Concerned even just to get the actors that he got and didn't fucking end up putting on the phone. Hmm. You're, ta- you're talking at least 150 million now. Big time. It would have been a serious, serious budget. But then, all day enough, even for. Well, I don't know. It's an Andy. It would drop a price down. It wouldn't be not every. But I like, maybe they all one day work with him. But even at that, I mean, the amount of actors and even just the sets and stuff. Who again, like, it, was, it, was sh- it was shot on location. You know, out in the fucking Pacific and all that crack. That would have been fucking uh, cheap. Cusack's in it, isn't he? Yes. John Cusack. Uh, John Cusack's in it too. I think he's like a radio operator or something like that. 
But uh, I thought you meant Joan there. Joan that. Cusack. <laughs> and, uh, but no, it, it, even at that though, it just kind of shows that even if you don't have a story, you obviously have like a broad idea of a story in your mind, but you don't have a, a character, and you obviously have like a a sort of message or a, a poetry because all his films I think are very poetic that you want to kind of get across. Uh, you can find it in the edit. I mean, I okay, you might have a lot of actors who are really fucked off at you, but. I think it, I fucking absolutely love Tree of Life. I, I love uh, Red Line. Line and even like To the Wonder and that's exactly how he done them. He just shoots and shoots and shoots and then finds it and kind of crafts it after. It's an interesting way of working. I don't think there's many actually fucking directors who work like it. Yeah. I don't but like I, financially. I don't think a lot of people can work I, like it. I think he gets away with it because of his reputation. I think most are fucking directors who are starting well, think never. And in the sense of like like, do you, do you know where they shot digitally or in film? Because if you're shooting film, film, shot film, it would have been film. It's oh, 1999, really? like it's just kind of before the, the digital revolution. Because shooting on film is way more expensive. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that the amount of fucking film that he shot, it would have been an obscene amount of money. Like. Yeah, I think he would do like a wee anchor, Anchorman thing where he just releases the off bits in like another film. I honestly think, <laughs> see, if he would have kept all the performances in that film, would have probably been about... Because I, I remember when he first... I'm, I'm nearly sure I might got this wrong, but... When he first submitted the Tree of Life, it was like five hours long. You know what I mean? Or not the Tree of Life, sorry. Uh, Thunder Red Line, it was about five hours long. Right. There's one thing as well is, right, uh, they do, say they do us, uh, uh, an hour and a half feature, and then what you would shoot, on average, if you're shooting like tightly, like a ratio of like one to five maybe. Mm. So for every five shots, you use one. I think... It's about seventy thousand alone, whereas digital, uh, you know, hard drives are like eight hundred pound each. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's you know I mean? like, uh, yeah, it's crazy. And it's crazy difference. Like SBS cards are, I don't know, they might be a thousand or something like that. There, but you rent them and you rent the camera and you rent everything, and it's mad. Yeah, it's mad the difference. Like you know, even that film that we. Uh, we were working on in there and all there it was like for about two weeks they were trying to get filmed they were trying to shoot What's a 35 mil a property of the state mm. just showing up the Galway film flag actually yes it's getting good re- good reviews too isn't it it has a um, nice definitely. one definitely there's going to be a, a screen in here soon as well but um heard that the AT work was fucking horrendous uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. That's uh, all reviewers I, are pinpointing. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this obviously was not captured properly. <laughs> <laughs> so, they had to make it work literally. Yeah. For me, it just seems like, for me it just seems like I was about sitting in a truck doing fuck all for eight weeks. Like, yeah, well, it, 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 yeah, that's exactly what it was. But uh, no, um, uh, oh no, I won't say it. Either. Say it, go on. Well, pack my hole. Uh, no, it's, it's like you came out. We a line while you were working on that phone. Uh, no, don't say it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can leave that out. <laughs> okay, we shall move on to a recommendation. Oh, yeah. I oh, think, I think, I think Sean Coyle wants to go first. Yep. Uh, recommendation is Days of Heaven. Because we are just chatting about Malik so much, I thought, fuck it. Uh, 1978. Obviously directed by Terence Malick. It stars Richard Gere and Sam Shepard. And I can't actually remember the actress's name. But um, essentially what it is, is set in 1916. And it's about uh, this couple who go to, like the te- I think it's called the Texas Panhandle. They basically farm for this wealthy sort of landowner. And then uh, Richard Gere's character is trying to proposition 
his missus and they try to marry the landowner to get them a bit of extra money mm. but then it turns out that he ends up um, there ends up basically being like an altercation between them but like I was saying about Malik's films before about having this poetry he chopped the fucker in that one too and kind of found it in edit and like he, he, he done like a lot of ADR and kind of change gears character during it but um, it looks fucking amazing there's uh, there's some shots in it of the farmland on fire and, and Sam Shepard kind of standing in the flames and it's some of the most beautiful stuff I've ever seen so not only is it just like it is it's, it's like a film painting is the only way I can put it and there's a really really nice story there and a poetry that I don't know I think I'm just a sucker for when it comes to Malik's like films I just really like <clears throat> the sort of voice that he has and it's it's almost like a, yeah. a visual poem like a, it's, it's like all his films are like a mood piece or like a, a tone piece really in a way and hmm. I love it and as well unlike Malik it's not three and a half or, or four hours long it's only an hour and a half so it's an easy is, watch is it an hour and a half is it an hour and a half let me see it e- even the stuff at the end you know 94 w- minutes w- when they're in the wee town so not because an hour and a half. <laughs> you don't see town life for a long time in that film yeah. when they're running around it's, it's so dreamy it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's such a beautiful it's, it's, film it's actually that. a perfect word it is it, it's, it looks like a dream in more ways than one like it's just got this nice sort of lulton sort of rhythm to it it's great tight Boom, it is tight. My recommendation is The Bone Collector. Yeah, a little favorite from the 90s. I don't know, 90s gym. Yeah, because I, I just thought of it there. It's like, I, I just, I mind seeing that as a kid and I just really liked it. And it's just... Denzel again. Denzel, I de- it was you talking about Denzel, reminded me of it, and Angelina Jolie as well. And uh, it's like, <clears throat> he's, he's, uh, Bedridden with what? What's what's wrong with him? Is he's he's no, like an he, old detective? He big, no, he had a big. No, he's not an old. A big. He was on a on a case and a big fucking slab of rock fell on his back and like fucking <laughs> severed a spinal cord. But is he a detective version? No, he was a detective. Like, he used to be a detective. Somebody fucked a big massive yeah, brick. Big massive fucking slab of brick fell on top of him. Just. <laughs> but yeah, so Angelina <laughs> Jolie's yeah, like consulting with him on this case that there's this murder going about killing people as murderers yes, tend to do. do. Collecting hard-ons. <laughs> <laughs> but they're leaving all these clues and there's obviously a puzzle they, they solve and there's this whole mystery thing about it. And I just, I, I minded it and from, as from a kid renting it from the from the local video store. As did I. <laughs> and it's, I think it's just a really nice, cool kind of night days thriller. You know, fun. And, and like mystery. Says, they don't, they don't really make films together anymore. They do not. In that sort of style. That night Although I, style. I think if anyone is keeping it up, it was... Denzel, yeah, with uh, Tony Scott, yep, who unfortunately died. Mm. But they, 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 they kept on doing like the, like way unstoppable and stuff like air, like it's man a, on fire, man on fire. Like it, it kind of felt like that kind of mid tier kind of just action film or thriller film or something like that. Yeah, he it was always. <clears throat> I'd say shooting style and stuff like that. There was definitely different to the Boom Collector. I would. I know. I'm not saying it's similar in that way. I'm just. I'm just saying if if anybody was kind of keeping up that kind of totally. kind of film. Okay. Yeah, yeah. What's the other one? Denzel did the. Uh, was it Deja Vu or something? Fallen. Or Fallen with John Goodman. Fucking not. Where is it? Oh, flight doesn't. Oh, wait, don't no, flight no, with John no. Goodman. But... No, it's a crime story. Where like the killer sort of jumps between bodies and all. I think it's called. I think it's just called Fallen. Sounds about mad. That's yeah, good, eh? It's pretty cool, eh? But I was trying to run about that thing. I mean, no, it's before that, actually. Some stuff, <coughs> just quicker up, some stuff in the Bone Collector, too, even for now, I think it's like 99, actually is quite fucking... 
It's about Close full, that it's it's full it's on. It's something that's pretty fucking creepy, like. I know, definitely. Um, it, like, I think it's there. Aye, there are some pretty kind of horror kind of stuff in there. Is is genuinely creepy? Like, Ange is going about spitting about the streets while Denzel's just in his fucking bed. Like. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it gives her a serious vulnerability too because she is supposed to be a rookie, and because he's not actually there, where yeah, I mean that wee narrative device alone just adds so much to it. Because he's not physically or wordy. I wouldn't say protect her, but they kind of guide her because but, it's over like an earpiece and but stuff. They, and but something. then, not to give away the ending, but when the ending's happening, it's nearly kind of reversed because mm. Denzel is vulnerable, obviously, because he's bedridden. Mm. And so when that kind of kicks into gear, and then she has to <coughs> be there for him kind yeah. of daily. That's a good film. It is. Sweet. Have it on DVD over there. <laughs> um, I watched... Uh... I watched a lot Lost in La Mancha. Yeah, it was uh, Terry Gilliam's attempt to make the Don Quixote film, the mm-hmm. man who t- killed Don Quixote. Um, I, I think Don Quixote was, was was like an old man who he was insane, but he fancied himself as a, as a warrior and stuff yeah. and all, and uh, and this sort of thing. It's just perfect for Gilliam, like a knight, just, really. I, a knight, I, and this kind of stuff. And then I think. The way Gilliam had it was that Johnny Depp's character was going to be this journalist from the modern world who get kind of thrown back in time to um, sort of... I suppose he's, he's kind of the audience, mm. you know what I mean? But um, it's a wild shame, like, because it seems to be this cursed project, the Don Quixote project. Not only Gilliam's one, but so many directors have tried to get it off the ground. Wells tried it at one point. I'm nearly sure Burton looked at it for a while too, but it seems to be the cursed sort of project that nobody can seem to... I think Terry Gilliam's still trying though, because I'm pretty sure I heard something about it. Robert DeVal was going to be on it, aye. Aye, he just keeps on updating the actors. He keeps updating it, aye. But um, I think the the, the film is about... It's like uh, they go there, I think they they have three production days, and then it sort of charts what happens. They just get involved in this big fucking monsoon storm and it just washes away like a good bit of the set. Oh, is this they, they actually started production on it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I they had. I, there's, like, there's like shots there's like shots of Johnny Depp and all and you like see, you see parts of the production and stuff. Alright. And you just see like there's a wild lot of pressure in the first AD like and you know when he makes calls because the guy called uh, uh, Jean Rochefort he's a French actor and he was playing Quixote. Um... I think he had an injury in his pelvis or something like this here and uh, he went and did a few scenes but he had to fly back to France sort of uh, he was already late and then he arrived and they got a rehearsal and it was all good and then he had to fly back and then it was one of these things that this, the shoot got delayed again and again and again it just kept going on like this and then eventually they just had a they had to abandon it like but yep. the documentary just kind of shows the kind of trials and tribulations of it and all and it's uh, <laughs> It's like the endless sort of uh, persistence of, of of Gilliam, you know. Let's just fucking shoot something. That's yeah. whatever. And you see him lose his shit a few times in the film, like and all. And uh, but I mean, it's his persistence uh, because you know, I think the film ends by saying, "Oh, recast and rescripted at the end," and it just tells you that he's, he's still at it and all. But it uh, no, it's cool. It actually made it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you get to see all this. You get to see how it works, the the studio system and all, because it was like. I think it was one of the first American films that was like completely uh, financed, or the first film in a long time that was completely financed by uh, European money. There was oh. no American investors in it and all, and 
like there were sort of language gaps and this kind of thing. But no, I really enjoyed it just because I've sort of been getting on the, uh, you know, making ofs and things here. And uh, in the same week, I watched the making of, or the the commentary of Once as well, yeah. which was really fun, really, really nice. And uh, we'll watched talk about that a bit. Watched the making of Zodiac too. Oh, uh, we did actually. Aye. Watched the making of Zodiac. Aye. Pretty cool as well. Commentary from the murder and all. <laughs> <laughs> aye, aye, this we see, this, this isn't really what happened. Like, yeah. What it did so, was. That's just fucking stupid here. Like this is whatever. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, I guess you see Fincher live up the stereotype as well of being a phenomenally just detailed director and just wanting everything to be. I mean, it, it's great to see, and it's actually kind of it's interesting. I, I reckon you will learn a lot even from watching that documentary about directing just how precise he is his definition of precision like absolutely everything he doesn't want any sort of happy accidents everything on screen is exactly what he wants yeah. and I mean like he does you know yourself countless texts until he gets it Billy Kubrick in that sort of way mm. I'm going to do that in my next film just be an absolute dick and be like, no, <laughs> he didn't quite pick up that pencil in the right way just fucking <laughs> two mil to the left it'd be perfect your friend Shay used to say it you know he's like oh, I'm just going to be like I'm gonna be a fucking absolute whatever. I want to make you do this. No, it's like whatever. And he didn't even have a script. <laughs> it was just that's what he wanted to do. He's like, I want to be a Kubrick, and I'm like, no, he wanted to be in the Kubrick. They're just in the sense that he's telling you he just you're doing it power. wrong. He just wanted power. Aye. And you're like, well, well, if you got it right, just pack it on. It's done. <laughs> so if you got it right, and it's exactly what you had in your head, and fuck it on, and, Aye, and wrap it, call it like, but. Uh, I know that the once the once comedy was classy. Yeah, really enjoyed it. it was good Never crack. actually listened to it. It was Glenn Hansard, uh, Kearney, and uh, Marchenio or whatever. Mar Mar Marquetta 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 Aragloba. The Glenn the, just calls her Mar. Mar. I just call her Mar. It's her Mar. But uh, I now you heard all these stories about what happened and stuff. I mean, there's, there's, like, good parts of that film were shot six months apart. Like. Really? Yeah, uh, that far apart? Stacks that were shot six months apart and all, and they keep noticing me things because they shot a while out of it. Uh, they just showed up and shot it. Did they say who was originally supposed to be in the film? He didn't know. He, he says there was other actors, but uh, I know it was originally meant to kill Kelly Murphy. Aye, Kelly it? Murphy. Aye. And then John Kearney said he, it, he wasn't going to work with actors again. <laughs> it confirms... Uh, it conf- remember at the start we thought they were brothers? No, I didn't think that. You thought that? I thought that. Aye, because he says because he says how's no it confirms that you're right. Yeah, <laughs> Aye. but uh, because remember because they were saying about watching this here and they were saying I think people liked the fact that, it, that you couldn't quite understand what they were saying because mm. he says uh, how's your ma and what what people thought he was saying was how's our ma and they thought it was his brother how's your ma how's your ma because it sounds like arma how's that old fella I would have preferred it I would have preferred it if they were brothers but it's, it's just it wouldn't really make any sense hey, it would have it's like big sprawling city like Dublin and they've just moved on no but in, in, the, in the thing that they, they just bring up like oh him and his brother are distant and his, his brother's like an alcoholic or something and then it's never Fair, a, no, he's a junkie proper junkie oh well right junkie or and then it's never addressed in the rest of the film. It's just, it'd be a weird thing to have in there. I guess, hey, I really would have preferred it. It would have been a kind of interesting thing. I don't know. Just, I, I suppose it's just because i never seen it that way. I always just took it as he was just a, a guy in the street just trying to steal from him. Like, yeah. But then, oh, they know each other. Aye. Uh, 
And there was there was a vague moment on on the on the commentary where because Kearney always used to play bass, I think, with the frames. Yeah, with the frames, yeah. And uh, uh, what do you call him? Glenn Hanser talks about he was the first person to kind of leave the fold, and he was always a wee bit regimen. Already, I. But but he says, in fairness, though, he says it, beca- it became a, a respectful thing because it was like. He says when he was leaving. In fairness, he says uh, I wanted to support him, so I bought him a camera and a clapperboard, yeah. and I supported him. And he says, and because we didn't see each other for a while and all, and we hadn't, I, I don't know if there was a friction there or anything, but he just he didn't see as much of each other. But see, then he says it's it's fine, it's fantastic now that it's come sort of full circle. Is as the filmmakers got this certain stage, and now he wants to use my music, and now I'm on one of his films, and he says it's yeah. actually turned out to be a whole better thing and a different thing, and it was do, pretty interesting. Do you do you know? Did Glenn Hanser do any work or any music stuff on Begin Again? I think he wrote a few, I, I. Because when I first watched Begin Again, I didn't know if he had any involvement or something, but you know way Adam Levine's character... I think... It, I need to check. I, I couldn't be sure about that, to be honest, but uh, I think he does. Because Adam Levine's character is a musician who got big because his song was in a film. Mm-hmm. But they kind of paint that as... As he's the kind of dickhead in the film, yeah. And I was kind of thinking, well, that's obviously what happened with Glenn Hansard to a de- to a degree, because obviously he was big with the frames, but then once kind of made him more massive, big, yeah. right, massive. And I just kind of think, did they have some kind of falling out in the in that kind of sense that he didn't want to work with him anymore or anything? Like I, don't, no, I, I don't think so. I know because no. I I didn't really think so either, but I just thought it was weird. That, the fact that he had Honestly, Adam Levine in there I, for I, I kinda, being I, famous for having a song in a film. You know I, what I mean? I, no, I know what you mean. I, I kind of thought that too, actually, to be honest. Uh, another one, you hear all these, there's, there's stacks of wee, wee things in it, like... Uh, <laughs> so I'm playing with dog here. Something spoken on. Do you know, uh, at the at the house, when when they have like the party and the sing-song and stuff? Oh, yeah. That's... Glenn Hansard in Mars house, but it was obviously they pretended it was somebody else's house or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I always, I, I, do you know when I was saying about earlier about Sydney Pollock and some people caught me all. They've given this woman a good bit of attention. There's something yeah. about this. There's, uh, she's obviously a character. She's not an extra. Like there's, there's something, something about this. It's Glenn Hansard's ma. Oh why? That's nice. So there's a bit of like, and I was just like, this is class. Aye. Did you ever watch the documentary, The Swell Season? No, I haven't watched it. No, I like that. It's really good. It's good. Uh. Yeah, because as man does and that as well. You would love that actually. Because they, because they're they're on about him winning the Oscar and all, and someone made him a wee beanie hat for his Oscar because he always wears <laughs> a wee beanie hat. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite nice. Nice one. But yeah. Anyway, did you do a recommendation? What was your recommendation? Yeah, pretty much lost in La Mancha. Lost La Mancha. Oh, okay. And Bons, the commentary of Bons as well. Okay, we'll wrap it up there, folks. Thank you so much for listening. If you like getting in contact with us, you know, let us know, you know, some some famous people that you've seen in older films. You know, just wee sneaky ones in the background. <laughs> or, or what or what your favorite uh, film commentary is? Ooh, oh, no way. shit. <laughs> it's just it's just, just calm air and, and weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> right, well. You see that now. <laughs> He's, he's going to be a king in five years. I'm going to be president of the world in ten years. <laughs> but yeah, you can find us on Facebook, Let's Talk More Movies Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, at Talk More Movies. Or you can email us, Let's Talk More Movies at gmail.com. Oh, you can also leave us comments, reviews on iTunes, ACAST, whatever podcast service mm-hmm. you like.
I have been your host, Michael Braslin. Oh, Jesus Christ. I fucked it all up. <laughs> Shankos with Shanko. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Calm Harris with Calm Harris. Oh, jeez. And Suki has been a very noisy dog. <laughs> Episode... 62? I think so. 62, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. I need a dollar, 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 I need. Hey, hey. I need a dollar, right? <laughs> <laughs> I thought See, that I'll was going to continue on for a little bit now. No, fuck it. All right, then. Bye. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.